Welcome to The Real Deal with me, Larry Lawton. Good job. Nick Oz, the producer, always. We're going to have a lot of fun. I have a special guest here. I'm going to hold my tongue for a second so you can just think who it is. All I can say, he's a monster. He's got a Ronald Reagan shirt and a beautiful woman with him. And I'm here. We're going to smoke cigars. We're going to have a great time. I got him for as long as I want him. And we're going to have a lot of fun. Before I get started, a couple of things have hit. First of all, everybody, my book, new book, The Prison Cookbook with Larry Lawton is on my website, realitychickprogram.com. Hit store and you will get it. It will be in a link in this show and all videos going on forward. It's it's a pre-sale. We're 5,000 numbered and signed. That's it. Out the door at $22, $22.95. And then we sell an apron with it. Uh, it says the real, you know, prison cooking with Larry Lawton, and that you can get it for thirty-two bucks. Both of them uh, going out in August, so you better get it now because once they're gone, they are gone. I'm gonna hold back a hundred for family and friends, and after that, I'm selling the four, you know, the over four thousand, and that is it. And they're already people. I tested it, and it, people already bought it, so I know it's gonna blast once I put it all over the place. Also, my book, Gangster Redemption. What happened? I don't know. We Overnight, they go crazy. I don't know what is going on. Gangster Redemption, uh, book, true story. It goes crazy. Bestseller. Uh, my cigars, and I will be smoking my cigar today with my guest, J.D. DeLay, right here on camera, on the place, on Spotify, on Apple. J.D., welcome to the show, brother. Hey, well, thank you, Larry. I appreciate you having me on, man. You know we're gonna have we're gonna have a lot of fun today. Uh, first, I, I do want to thank Oliva Cigar. Oliva Cigar has been my partner. Uh, they uh, sponsored a show. They sponsored me. They did everything. They believe in what we do. Great company, third largest cigar company in the world. Six thousand one hundred employees. The CEO has been in this chair. The COO has been here. Uh, matter of fact, the CEO is coming to a cigar party I got coming next Thursday. From Miami, we really hit it off. We go to lunch. He's a great guy, Corey. Uh, smart. Uh, what a company. What a company. Really go. I love it because we go into meetings and we're in the lounge. We drink wine, smoke cigars, and hash shit out. That's the only way to do a meeting in today's world. Absolutely. For me, at my age, that's, that's all I'm going to do. Well, anyway, I have J.D. DeLay here. He is a TikTok phenom extraordinaire. I had to spell that word. Well, actually... Uh, JD's girlfriend is a lot smarter than I am. She told me how to smell it. <laughs> Wife. Wife, I'm sorry. I don't want to get in trouble later. Oh, I did not know that. Oh, shit. I, I wanted to be his boyfriend. No, I, <laughs> no, JD, I, I, I'm sorry. Wife, Jack. Uh, what a nice lady you got. You really do. You got a good one. We're going to have a lot of fun today. He is a TikTok extraordinaire. Millions and millions of views. Shoot, 20 million views last month? That was on YouTube. Uh, this last month, I'm at... 24 million views uh, TikTok, on TikTok. TikTok, I have no idea how many. It's it's insane. It's, it's insane. I got 1.1 million uh, yesterday, so it's yeah. Oh, you're at the crazy so. numbers at TikTok. That is amazing. I think they blackballed me. I think they don't like <laughs> me for some reason. I, I, you know, some people say Larry, you're a little bit brash, or I don't think I am. You know, maybe it's not. But you know, I got your hat on. 
I want to thank you that first. I got a hat. You got to go online and check it out, everybody. When you go to the YouTube channel, you got to check out this hat. This hat, it says, pedophile hunter. I got to like that. I hated those motherfuckers. So, yeah, I shouldn't curse. Uh, I'm trying. I'm trying. It, he, Nick, you don't think I can do it? No, I, I really don't. <laughs> if I had to put my money on it, yeah, you're, I'm putting all in. Yeah, sure. see, that, that's the problem. You know, I just, you know, listen, I don't curse. Even when I do a program, you know, for kids and I help a lot of young people, uh, I don't, uh, I use curse when I have to. I, I'm on TV a lot anyway, you know, like national TV and stuff. And when I'm on TV, I, I know my limits. I mean, I, yes, I did. I told a CNN reporter, great person, Brooke Ball, when you saw the video, I think, yes. how to hide a knife up your ass on national TV. And I got it by the, by the uh, 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 regulators because uh, I know what I'm doing on that. But I don't just curse and stuff like that. Sometimes you, you actually do curse in, in the world to make a point now. A lot of people think cursing is just, my mother is so funny. My mother, and this is not a joke, and Nick will verify this. You know, I love my mother to death, and she's on the videos. I, that lady's the most pure woman I've ever met. And I'm not just saying it because my mother. I offered her $1,000 right now, 1000 bucks, and I'll give her the 1000 if she tells me, fuck you. Would she do it, Nick? No. You even were like, well, what if someone gave the family $3 million to say, fuck you? She was like, you're going to have to figure it out. I'm not doing it. <laughs> No, and, and she's gonna have to just she, figure it out. She's one of those people that you know, ninety. Who gives a fuck anyway? I want her to say yes, so I can get the money. But <laughs> she, no, she won't do it. And and you know, that's that generation, though. You know. Oh yeah, uh, and, my mom's the same way. Yeah, <laughs> see, certain generations are like that. But JD, uh, uh, listen, let's go back. You and I did a lot of fun. We went and did cooking shows with Ian. Ian is a little pissed, so I like that kid. Yeah, he is. Uh, uh, Ian's a uh, fun guy. And so we went up there. We did cooking shows. We had a lot of fun meeting you guys real, even in the car, hearing sirens behind us. That was funny. Yeah. Man, my whole asshole clenched. Well, asshole. I went under the seat. <laughs> <laughs> my whole body went I was like, uh, what's going on? Really? Shit. Then you start thinking, what did I do? Oh, shit. What, what do I go? have in the trunk? Well, no, I also <laughs> didn't think, okay, what was the statute of limitations? Uh, so that's it, it. even being clean and sober for three years, uh, not doing any crimes, yeah. and uh, you know, working in recovery, still every time they get behind me, I'm like, uh, what's gonna happen? I know it's it, there's something you can't help with, with my record. You understand because you got a record worse than yours, right? So, with, with records like ours, man, they pull you over as soon as they run your name, it's not just gonna be one cop or two cops, like they pull out a posse. Absolutely. And then you just never know what's going to happen. But, you know, it's always cool when you get, like, the older cops who've been doing it a while. It's these young rookies, man. The young rookies feel like they got something to prove. It's the same with gang members. I know you saw it in oh, prison. Oh, same thing. Exactly. The, Until they run into the wrong people, and that's the end of it. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I you see know. that a lot. <laughs> but, the, you know, it's funny because when you said when I first got out of prison, uh, I got pulled over here in, in, on the bridge, actually, up in right not far from where I'm at. And uh, JD, that's a beautiful cigar. I'm giving JD one of my Crooked Diamond cigars. Uh, he got he gets a box today too, and it, these are great cigars. People buy them from. We've sold them all over overseas, Germany, Australia, uh, around the United States, everywhere. But anyway, I get pu pulled over by the cops. You know, they took me out of the car and they put me in handcuffs. I said, and I'm start freaking out right away. You know, you put me in handcuffs is a rough thing. You know. And JD, I fucking was freaking out. I mean, there you go, you'll get it. And uh, so I'm freaking out. But I, and then 
The cop has seen me. Get, uh, he, then he lets me out. He goes, I have to do that for officer safety. What fucking officer said? I didn't do a thing. It wasn't like I had a gun in the car. I mean, I'm on paper. Trust me. When I first got out, I was, man, I was jumpy, man. You didn't even want to fucking. I, would, I know I would have felt after, you know, 12 years in the joint, in the hole for three years, you start going crazy, you know. And I'm thinking, I, could, I, I know how to survive that. People go, you worried about prison? I can survive. Shit, I've fucking been prison, in and out of prison my whole life. So I can survive prison. It's hard to sometimes survive in the real world. In its own way, you know, how to make money, how to do things. We know how to make money. Maybe illegally. But you're figuring out a way, and I'm figuring out a way with social media and what we're doing. But people don't understand, J.D., and I want you to explain it to them. This is a grind. This is hard. This is work. People think, oh, I can do that. I got a story. You can have a story. You can have a lot of things. It's a grind. Everybody who's ever says, man, whoever tries it, says, wow, I know what you go through now. And you, you elaborate on that. So people see the one-minute clips. People see the you know, half-hour, one-hour episodes, shit like that. They don't understand each one of those one-minute clips you know, that you're putting up, those shorts, there's hours involved. you got to conceptualize. You've got to record it. You've got to do your editing. Uh, you know, a lot of the time, I will, I will run... Uh, you know, like video that goes along with the story that I'm telling. And those take even longer than an hour. Uh, I work every single day. Same, e- same here. Either recovery coaching or, you know, with my content creation, I don't take days off. I'm always working. And like, I work sometimes, you can ask Jax, man, uh, my wife, sometimes I will work from when I wake up until eight or nine o'clock at night. It's just nonstop. But that's what it takes, man. If you want to get traction in social media, you have to put out consistent and consistently good content nonstop. JD, I, I worked last night till 2 a.m. We worked, I think it was Nick. Yeah, I, I begged around like 3. I was like, can we please not have like a, a 2 o'clock show? Oh, that's what he show? said. It was can we one, please some, not it was have 1.25, right? Cooking show. He was like, we're not. He didn't lie. It was like 1.30 when we were done. We were done I was like, filming oh, cool. and everything. Is, I meant the same Sent thing, it off man. to my editor. You know, I get there. He got it. We had a call this morning, make sure everything's right. And he, you know, how to edit because he's in Canada. So my editor, uh, and he's been with me since the beginning. And uh, so, I mean, I work like you just said. Don't get me wrong, everybody. I'm not complaining because I love what I do. I do love what I do. I'm a people person. I like to be around people. I like the people I want to be around, which is nice now. But I did a, a podcast, JD, yesterday. That was crazy. It was fucking crazy. It was un- it, it's to up the already. Point where I was, I was like, I'm a little uncomfortable. This kid, 13 <laughs> years old, is a drug dealer. It was a 13 year old that was making me uncomfortable. Not a six foot man telling me Not I'm, I'm going to be pregnant by the end of the day. It was a 13-year-old boy making me feel uncomfortable. You're never going to let me live that telling you you're going to be pregnant <laughs> no. by the end of the day thing down, are you? No, 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 no. no. I, I know. You can't get pregnant. I had his tubes tied. Nice. Good. <laughs> God damn it. So what, what I'm hearing you say is that you worked him into submission yesterday until about 2 a.m. when he was begging you to just stop. For release. Wow, you, you pick up real quick. <laughs> no, I, I, no, seriously, this kid, the 13-year-old kid, uh, I know him, and this kid literally has, uh, man, what a story. I mean, West Virginia and drugs and how it goes. And This kid was a smart kid, but I think a little over his head, definitely. You know, and I, and I, I try to explain to him, listen, kid, you think, oh, I can't get caught. I don't have anything on me. Oh, you're going to get caught. 
And when you do get caught, they just don't want him now. Or, you know, his little crew of fucking people in West Virginia, you know. Fucking, you know, they think they're big. And over here, I'd, like, rob them all and take everything from them, and that'd be the end of it. But the it's, these kids are, you know, going to run into trouble if they get even too big. See, they're in West Virginia, and they're out near Pittsburgh and, uh, uh, what's it, Steubenville, Ohio. It sounds you know, like 22,000 people. 20,000. 20, I talked to the dad. Yeah. 20,000, you know, because I'd get releases. And, uh, but this kid was, you know, I mean, man, the parties with the girls at two in the morning, three. I said, what the fuck? How old are you? Just turned 13 in April. So this Am I missing something? This dude's actively trapping and selling, and he's coming on a podcast. That's well, what I was it. getting uncomfortable he, about. He says yeah. he's out. Okay. I'm, I hope he stays out, bro. Uh, believe yeah. me, I do, JD, JD. that's why I was like, oh, I don't know. You know, I mean, this. I have my releases. I'm legal and all, but I still said... You know, if I thought, listen, if this was my old days, I mean, I wouldn't have did it because they whacked the kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, in today's world, you know, it's a little bit different. You know, I mean. Today's world, yeah, it's soft as hell. <laughs> it's soft as hell, bro. <coughs> Yo, all these, all these new kids grew up with this, this rap music and, like, uh, you know, crim- being a criminal is about fashion now and it's about how many fucking views you get on Instagram and all this wild shit, people are literally posting their crimes to social media, thinking that, oh, I'm going to get famous. This makes me gangster. Yo, no, you get caught. They, you get caught. <laughs> Flying under the radar, making a lot of money, that, that's what gangsters did. You know what I'm saying? Like, I did. You don't want to make a name for yourself. Like When I was, when I was doing the best that I did at, at selling dope, I didn't want to meet people. Everybody's like, let me introduce you to this. No, hell no. No, I'm yeah. not trying to meet nobody. I already know you, and that's one person too many. Yeah. Look at my me. shirt. Yeah. The fuck we can keep a secret if two are dead. Well, you should meet this plug. I don't care about that plug. I don't care what he's got going on. I'm not trying to network. This isn't this isn't yeah. a democracy, bitch. Well, you know, you, you, again, you, you're you know, listen, it, it was different. First of all, that was our, our careers. I mean, I robbed for money. I didn't rob to be a uh, internet star or whatever. Nick, actually, you know, everybody knows Nick now. He's, he's, they, they say I'm rough on him, J.D. I don't know. Some people say. That's you, crazy. Yeah, right? I'm too easy, <laughs> right? The, uh, the, he, well, it's now a whole thing now on the internet. But anyway, Nick shows me videos. This is true. Of dudes getting killed on the fucking internet. That is, is that true? I mean, you're, you're on TikTok. You, listen, you know TikTok well, TikTok more than, doesn't do it. It's mostly Instagram. Instagram. You can find the videos of people getting shot. And robbed. You shot right then, and I go, "Come on, that's got to be a stage." It's, it's be- like CCC footage. Yeah, the yeah. CCC footage for sure. Like, but they could do that. They that. could put that up, and they're fucking not monetizing me because I say fuck. Well, like, look, fuck that, Larry. If you're talking about Instagram, Instagram's like a different entity than things like YouTube and TikTok. Like, TikTok is under scrutiny, so they're really, really reining in what's on. I got there. suspended off there for a month. I've gotten suspended off their multiple. I lost my first account at 280,000 followers. Uh, I've lost the account that I'm on right now, and I had to fight to get it back. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm at like almost 700,000 now or something. You're at 700,000? Like I think I'm at like 680 or something I remember like that, just but- when I met you, you and I were like around the same. I remember how many TikToks. Yeah, before New York, he was at four something, and then uh, right after. He what the fuck are you doing that I'm like not? 200,000 or something. I love it. I fell I'm asleep. so happy for you, brother. I fell asleep last night, and I woke up, and I had 13K new followers. 
Wow, what are you doing? Are you showing New your content. cock or something? What the hell is? Tell oh, me what to do. That that would not work. That's what <laughs> wouldn't work. I actively answer a lot of people's questions because here's the thing, man. Is like a lot of people Don't have. Point your fingers. I'm pointing at no. Nick because it's interaction, correct? Look, it's no, interaction, man. and like a you want to recycle. People, a lot of people have a lot of like real interesting questions about prison, about the life in prison, and there's so many different angles, man. Because like. They can ask me a question, and from my experience doing state time in the state of Oregon, it's going to be different than your experience doing, like, maximum fed time, or Ian's experience is going to be completely different than both of ours. Yeah, we noticed that. (laughs) Yeah, being at a low camp, uh, you know, like, my my good buddy Jay Williams, he's going to have a completely different set of experiences doing time stateside in Virginia. So there's a lot of ground that can be covered, and I just cover it from, like, my experience and what I've known, and... You know, a lot of people will come in and they'll be like, that's not how it was in California. Clearly, clearly, California is its own entity. And I don't even know what trip they're on in California. Like, I mean, I know, but I don't understand it's, why. You, what you said is so true. I put something up on Yeah, that's uh, the best when they start arguing like they know. Well, we had we had a video yeah. go up. I put a... ABs. Was, uh, I, I said, listen, the worst prison gang, and I've been, in, I've been around gangs, and I was a gang mediator. I also was a... Uh, I used to pull paperwork for people because I did the law work. And uh, and the gangs. So I said, the bad, worst purpose of the gang in the world is the AB, Aryan Brotherhood. And no, they're not MA. I said, hold on, hold on. I'm telling you, the prisons I was in, you couldn't put four AB on a maximum security level yard. Only four were allowed on any one prison yard because they're fucking murderers. This is not a joke. In Lewisburg, Pennsylvania, uh, I was in Lewisburg in 97 when I first went there for... To, for going from place to place. About a, a year or two before I got there, they had the worst alarm. Four, ABs killed four uh, uh, Muslims because they did something to this other guy. There's a whole story about it in the prison system. And they said it was the worst brutal bloodbath. They butchered butchered these four guys. They didn't give a shit. I mean, they, clo- they closed that prison down for a long time, and it was so out of whack. And then they bring in a ward, and there's a troubleshooter and all that kind of crap. The arguments I was getting, and I, and these people, I said, "What prison were you in?" Nah, I saw it on A and E. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, really? Get the fuck out of here! Nick is just saying, "Look at this comment. Look at this comment." And I, I mean, it, you get so many. How many millions of? Yeah, it was just it was a lot. And, and it was like I said, "What the fuck?" I mean, but I, the best part was that it was everyone arguing with each other. So that was good. You know, that's what kept the comments going. Everyone's just. No one was right, you know. It was nobody could be right. Everyone was right, but nobody was right. Comments equal yeah. good news, man. Yeah. If people want to argue with each other in the comments, oh yeah, let it happen. Poke that. it, poke the, the fire. The is what I like time, to do. Yeah, the only time that I ever pokes my fucking fire gets me mad. The only time I intervene with arguments in the comments <laughs> is if somebody is being like, like outlandishly disrespectful. I don't want that in my community. I agree. I don't, I don't view my channels like my my social media platforms as channels. I view them as communities. So, like, if people want to have, like, you know, debates, discussions, or whatever, but the second the slurs come out and, oh, yeah. and stuff You're like done. that. Oh, I shut them down, too. I shut that down, bro. But. I do, too, J.D. I, I, I don't want anybody to, you know, uh, threatening people. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, uh, saying off-color, like, stuff against either races or something. I, I don't go for that. It just, listen, I come from the melting pot. I come from New York City. <coughs> Excuse me. And I come from New York City, so I'm not the kind of uh, guy... And I just shut that down. And I've had people, oh, you don't let me talk, but you can talk. Go fuck yourself. I'm not going to argue with all over this shit. <coughs> Excuse me, man. 
Anyway, uh, so your your TikTok is just going crazy. And do you think it's because of because of a back and forth communications? One hundred percent, man. Uh, you know, like well, I I try to answer as many questions as I possibly can on there, right? Uh, and I do most of it with videos. So you know, if I'm posting oh, video, that's, that's yeah, what video you're confused answers. about. It's not in the comment section. Yeah, he's posting new content multiple times a day, every single day. Bro, it's not recycled. Content. No, no, no. Listen Mul- to it. Multiple Let times, him tell me what he's yeah. doing. Multiple times, I got I got 13k followers in my sleep last night. No, but and, is it because you answer a lot and keep yeah. going back? And a lot of interaction. I posted. So we don't do that. I and posted I need to 12 do. or 13 videos but yesterday. It's videos. It's not. You know what I'm saying? You posted 12 videos. Oh yeah, yesterday absolutely. on TikTok. But bro, it TikTok. only has to be. A, <laughs> it only you know a lot of them are just like a minute to a minute and a half responses. But you do it like just in your phone. You say just on my phone. It's it's the easiest way to be able to communicate. I would rather make a video real quick than type out a response. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yeah, no, no, I like that because I might be able to do that. You absolutely could, man. You'd start. You you would see a difference in how you grow. Like your traction on TikTok would grow a lot if you were just answering people's questions. Like just grab, do selfie mode, you know, record a quick video. And throw it up. And just throw it up, man. Because then people know that you're somebody who, who's going to answer their questions. I like that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it the effort. I want to see if my team does it. Yeah. Can they do anything? The team? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what we pull no, questions I'm asking, for, and okay. we have you answer them. No, I got that, but what he's saying, I get what we're doing, and we're doing that four or five times a day. And no, look, three times. Here's the thing. Here's Two. the thing. The team can definitely help you vet questions because I would love to answer everybody's question, but I get, you can't. I get thousands upon thousands of questions every single day, yeah. so I have to pick ones that, like, immediately something pops to mind that I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I got this. You know what I'm saying? So having... The team vet the questions, and then you pick the best ones out of it, and just pop them up, bro. Yeah, and, make, and don't make a big deal of it. Just boom, boom, and that's it. Yeah, yeah, because that you know, we do a lot of editing. Not, but I like to be raw. That's just the way I like it. You know, I mean, I started my whole YouTube channel with an iPhone 10 in my mother's <laughs> in my bedroom, literally yeah. in my bedroom. Didn't even have a, a forget all this shit. I, I didn't even have a iPhone holder. I put the iPhone on the top of next to the computer screen. You know what I'm saying? I didn't even have none of the equipment and the shit and computers and the crap I got. But I like it. Don't get me wrong, but I still like that rawness. You know, you miss that a little bit. My first couple YouTube. And I think the interaction was why I blew up so quickly. Oh, yeah. My first couple YouTube uh, full lengths were literally just me sitting on my couch or my recliner in the living room with one of those, you know, hokey little ring lights and everything. And now I've got like an actual like half-assed studio. studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, a couple different backdrops and stuff. It's not anything elaborate or anything, but, you but know. But this isn't either. This is just very comfortable. Done. This is this is really nice, man. I mean, you got flat screen, flat screen, Nick over there to look at. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, oh, pretty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. We I designed this totally. And, you know, when I did, this was a garage. I came back to move back here to help my mom. Mm-hmm. She's 90 now. So she was 86. You know, she couldn't be alone. And out of my family, you know, I didn't. I started YouTube in this house. I mean, I was doing some media before that. I used to be on TV a lot. I've been on TV for 12, 15 years, you know, doing a lot of reviews of, of uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, robberies and anything, that like prison escapes and stuff like that. You know, I'd still get that. Now, what I'm doing now 
is going back. We have a whole bunch of stuff. The book, you know, I have a lot of stuff going on. But I didn't have any of the, I didn't even know what YouTube was, J.D. I really didn't. And now, you know, obviously I know what YouTube is. I, we're, I would yeah. hope so. Yeah, <laughs> I pretty much do. But it, it's like, I, I like, I appreciate the hard work you do, J.D., because I, I know as a fellow creator, we, we both know how hard it is and how it could be rough on your, your spouse, your, your Jackie. It could, be, it could be rough on my friends or people. I can't go. I'm not at a poker game uh, today. I mean, obviously, I love it because then you hire a guy like Nick and you hire people that you want to work with, number one. And, and you get along with them, you know. And, and this is a great work environment. because This is just a fun work environment, you know. There's no fucking nine-to-five job. He knows that. Nick, is it? No, 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 Nick. Nick, you want a job? If you want a job, it's whatever the fuck I want to work. And, but he's like that. He's, he's really a smart young guy. You know that. You oh, met yeah, him. yeah, for sure. And, and it helps. And I only beat him once so far. In, in three and three months, it was off camera, so it's okay, I guess. Yeah, he told me he enjoyed it on the low, so it's okay. <laughs> he, 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 truthfully, he did. <laughs> and, and look, man, like when I started out in in you know media, like I got a job. It, the pandemic hit, and I was I was barbacking uh, for a bike event in Daytona Beach uh, Bike Week, um, and the pandemic hit, and they shut it down a couple days early. Wow! And uh, I was yeah, like, that's true. Because it was in uh, 2020, and I started YouTube at the end of 1999, uh, 2019. Yeah, and I was I was bartending, and they shut all the bars down. So I immediately had to find a job because I had to make money to pay off. I was still on I was still on pretrial, and I had 14. Oh, pretrial! You yeah. were you're not you're not on paper yet. Yeah, yo, no. Yo, oh. I had 14k to pay back on my bonds because when the feds hit us, bro, with the SWAT team in Port St. Lucie, they seized everything that I had. And I had to borrow, literally borrow $1,000 to be able to put a down payment on my first bond, which was only 5800 But then they kept coming at me with new cases. Like, they'd been investigating me in Volusia County for over a year. And they, they kept hitting me with these old cases. They were trying to stack enough shit to put me away for good. And then when I stopped doing crime, they were like, okay, well, I guess, you know, a month in, they started dropping cases and... They dropped like four more cases on me. I was at 140k on my bond, so I had to pay that money back because I kept running it up with the, the bondsman. I was lucky I had a great bondsman, Patrick uh, from Milano's. Love you, dog. Um, Shout out to him, man. It's, some of them guys are good. That I dude mean, kept me on the streets, bro. Every time they would come and, and pick me up, he they believed in you, though, and yeah. that, that's the key, you yeah. know. And they make money, and that's good for them. Everybody has to make money, but it believed in you, oh, and that's important. Absolutely. So. Yeah, when they shut me down on my bartending job, like I would go, I would go in the day to treatment and then go bartend at night. Like I was desperately trying to stay sober because for me, this was in a completely different world. Like not so the being sober on drugs, world. the sober yeah, world. Not being drunk, not being on drugs was a completely different world. Bartending, I knew how to do. When that wasn't available anymore, I really didn't want to go to construction. I really didn't. Like, You're getting like, a little older for that little, shit. Yeah, absolutely. So I found this this dude who was hiring for a, a videographer and an editor and a producer, and I didn't know shit about any of it. I, I love had it. No idea. But I I got the interview and I met with him, and he was like, "Okay, so how many years experience do you have?" I said, "None, but I can do this." And I'll learn. I'm a quick learner. He's like, he's like, are you, are you sure? I'm like, dude, test me. Give me a test. He said, okay. He gave me two specific video projects. And he was like, you know, come back within a week with a finished product on both these. And two days later, I sent them to him. And he was like, you're, you're hired. hired. 
And wow. so I spent two years doing commercials and video <laughs> video podcasts uh, for local businesses during COVID. You know, that that COVID period, everybody wanted to do, you know, something to get stuff out virtually. So it kind of boomed for a minute, but I was always behind the camera. You know what I'm saying? He was the face. He was the voice. And Is he I still was, around? Uh, he... He got me for like fifty five hundred bucks worth of work, and uh, he's around somewhere. But uh, I don't got nothing good for him. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Good enough. But um, you know, when that ended, got experience out of it. You can never knock that. Yeah, when that even ended, the bad experiences are experience. I tell people, dude, I gained so much knowledge and, and experience that I wouldn't have gotten on my own. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, and I, I I literally added TikTok to my phone because the Ukraine war started, and they, somebody told me, yo, they're they're broadcasting live footage from the streets where you can actually see what's happening in real time. And I was like, I gotta I gotta see that because I don't trust what I see on the news. So I wanted <laughs> Boy, to see we that. together. <laughs> and uh so I, you know, I ended up just uploading a couple videos and they started doing really good. And I, I you know, I got a few followers and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And then I uploaded like I think it was the fourth or fifth one. And it got like 1.1 million views in a day, and it was 1.5 million views the next day, and I had a hundred thousand followers. And what I was, was like, it about? So I'm literally at this point, I'm no. on house arrest, right? Yeah. In Daytona Beach, getting tattooed in my living room by a dude who just got out of prison, and I'm drinking Monster Energy drinks and listening to Limp Biscuit, and I thought this is the most Florida moment ever. Right. I'm gonna, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna capture this, and I just held my camera up, and I'm like, if you're not on house arrest in Daytona Beach, Florida, right. listening to Limp Biscuit, getting tattooed in your living room, drinking Monster Energy drinks, where the fuck you at? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it just, it just went viral, and you know, from there, it just kept snowballing and snowballing. Well, you know, again, people go viral and then they do nothing with it. You went viral, and you did same with me. What happened? But it was kind of like the uh, the pandemic. I started YouTube in 2019 just because I got pissed at Vanity Fair. That's the only reason. I was supposed to get a gig, <laughs> and I, I I was supposed I was supposed if I got 150 to 180 thousand views in 28 days. You know how the cycle goes. So I go up there. They they fly me to New York. I do this. I do this video for them. The video today has got 11 million views. It had a million views in the 28 days. I'm supposed to get a contract. Mm -hmm. Not a fucking, a peep. They ghosted me. Ooh. And I did two videos for them. So, but I had, they had a sign release. They're a big company. Conness Travels, the parent company of, of Vanity Fair. They own all the magazines. So I said, fuck it. I got nuts. I'm a nut. I go fucking in front of a computer. I don't even know what YouTube. I only knew about YouTube because they hired me to do this video on YouTube. I end up having videos from me on crime and stuff. And I researched and researched and researched. Literally, JD, I was up for four days. Didn't sleep. No drugs. Didn't sleep. I mean, I'd fall asleep literally at my computer. Fall asleep at it. My mother thought I was something wrong, you know. And I ended up working hard, working, working. And I said, fuck it. I opened my own YouTube. And I learned how to, oh, I remember you had to have 1,000 subscribers and 4,000 uh, hours of watch time. Well, I do this, and I'm, oh, 4,000 hours. You're thinking minutes, you know, because today I got 30 million watch hours. 30 million watch hours is a sick number because you'd think there's only 8,000 hours in a year, and I got 30 million watch hours. That's how many people all around the world have watched it. And I go, now it's like I get, I get you know, 4,000 hours in a video. 
easy video. You know what I mean? I'll do that and, and it's like, wow, okay. Now it's different, but I didn't know what I was fucking doing. And same thing, but the pandemic helped. There's no question about that. And people were home. They wanted to watch content. And I'm, I do what I do now. I keep it real. This only started not long ago, the podcast, because people wanted more. And they wanted to hear from people. And they wanted my stories. And they wanted me to get guys like you and hear your story, how you did it, you know, what the hurdles were. In real time, we named this, as you see the sign, Real Deal, because this, we don't cut. We don't edit. Mailman walks through that door. And we left it open. He became a star on our route. He just retired. <laughs> really, people said, oh, you're on Larry's show. And he, he comes in. We had him in. When it was off day, I had to emphasize this. And we'd sit well, down. Well, not anymore. He's retired. Yeah, he's not you know. officially retired. Oh, okay, when he's okay. officially retired, I'm going to really tell some stories. Yeah, yeah. Allegedly. So he would come in here on his, in, on his day, and we drank a fucking bottle of Hennessy and fucking were telling stories. He's a New York Jamaican. He's he postman for 34 years. He'd come in, people, oh, where's Garfield? His name's Garfield, no less. He'd go, where's Garfield? My mother, you know, could come in, you know, nothing. We don't stop. We don't edit. We do. And people go, that's what they liked about it. It wasn't overly produced. It wasn't, uh, oh, cut, get him out of here. You know, It's not a Joe Rogan probably. Listen, I wish I was, but you know what I mean. It's not a Joe Rogan. It is the real deal. I mean, I could talk to, to Jackie. I won't, you know, because she said she don't want to be on today. But if she wants, she could. <laughs> but my point is, that's what made it, and we have to stay real. And that's what you do now. I mean, with your TikTok, obviously, I learn. I try to learn. That, that's just what we are. I'll be 62. I'm an old fuck. But I've still got the energy, and I love it. And I like to hang out with young people. I like to be, you know, around my friends that we... And it, it does sometimes draw away from that. You can't be things. But, you know, you have to pick and choose. And I'm going, you know, going to Vegas. I'm doing stuff a lot. So it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Meet great people. I'm a people person. I'm not an asshole to anybody. I left the mob because I went to prison. And I went to prison for a long time under a RICO Act alone. Only man in the history, and you can look that up on the internet, only man in history ever went away a RICO alone. And now look on the bill. I'm an honorary cop in St. Louis, Lake St. Louis. Figure that fucking shit out. Go ahead, JD. Figure that shit out. I can't. And the congressional record. So, I mean, that's pretty good stuff. And that was for helping people, you know, that with Absolutely. my program. And you do a lot of that with recovery and, and stuff. Because you know our core is we want to have fun. Trust me, I love to have fun. There ain't no fucking stop me. But I'm also, you know, I like to see kids. I had a kid here. I'm telling him at the end of the show. Kid, you know, where the fuck you think you're going? You think, you, you think you're smarter? Do you think you're smarter than the FBI told them? Because you're not. They're fucking smart. Don't think they're not fucking smart. You remember when you were 13, Larry. We knew everything then. Everything. The I knew it up until... The I get, the more I know, I don't know shit. <laughs> and you know what? Like, one thing that you mentioned, like, the traction you got during the pandemic, man. Like, that's one thing. That's one regret that I have because... I understand how much everybody got out of that when they were, you know, building their platforms and being able to build connections and create community during that period of time. I didn't even get in front of my own phone camera until after that was well over. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I missed out on all But you that. didn't miss out. You got so much experience before. Listen, I always believe things happen for reasons. Uh, us meeting, people meeting. Things happen for reasons for who knows. I mean, I have my own fucking cigar. You know how hard that is? Yeah. Millions of dollars. I mean, think of that. About books and everything. Things happen for reasons. I, I put my first book out, Gangster Redemption, in 2000. It came out in 2013. Finished in 12, 2013. 
didn't click until this. And it didn't click because I wasn't ready, if that makes sense. Now, I, I need to make another order. I just looked and, and I ordered. I think I'm on my eighth order of re-fucking books. Yes. So now, it, it's when I opened this book, the first month I did $68,000 when I was on YouTube. Yeah. Not when I was fucking just released it because nobody, nobody knows who you are and everything else. And so I think things happen for reasons. That's why, I, I, you know, yes, we always look back and say, you know, I, I look back as a gangster. I could have owned a, a McDonald's franchise for $25,000. One of my biggest business mistakes, I was a gangster, had a lot of money. I could have bought Arizona iced tea. You heard of Arizona iced tea? Everybody's heard of yeah. Arizona iced tea. I could have owned the Southeast region route. That means every store... Every Winn-Dixie, Publix, everybody would have had to come through me. I could have bought that route for $50,000, and I had the money And when I was a gangster, and I could have bought that route and owned the Southeast region distribution of Arizona. It was a nothing. It was just a brand new. Mm-hmm. And I, nah, fuck it. What do I need to give a shit? I had boats. I had fucking horses, boats, cars, my own limo driver. I fucking, what do I give a fuck? What a moron, you know? But so, it wasn't there for a reason because the government would have took it. If you would have got, <laughs> well, if you would have bought the the route, would they have had to prove that you bought it like with illegal money, or would they, that, they're easily done? So they could have taken that for absolutely. Oh, okay. That's why I said, you know, I think about you couldn't the have mistakes. even like laundered it correctly. Well, you know, I, I listen. I thought I was even smart laundering money, and I was. I owned, I owned vending machine companies. I owned uh, nightclubs. Those are some good vending machine companies. Oh, man. Making a lot of money. I told them, as I said, vending. I buy 50 vending machines. And I got a kid. I said, okay, come here. You want a job? This is in the 90s, early 90s. As you want a job? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to give you a van. You're going to get this route. You get $1,000 a week just to do this route. Make sure it's for. But every Friday, you come to me with the deposits. Just tell me how much you're going to deposit. Come to me, and I'll talk to me. So every week, he'd come to me, and... You know, it's doing, you know, it's a vending machine route in lawyer offices, in places, in, in, in laundromats, everywhere. And he'd come and go, oh, oh we did good. We got $1,500 we're going to deposit this week. Really? Make it uh, $6,500. 5000 in cash. <laughs> yeah. next, next week. Uh, he's just, I said, shut your mouth and just, bump. so he'd come to every friggin', man, I had the most best route in the world. <laughs> you try to sell that. And when someone says, well, I'm going to, they followed a guy for a week. That's what happens to a small businessman. He follows the route for a week. He goes, how did you deposit 6,500 when you made six, uh, 1,500 or 1,600? You know, so it's, it's, I had a lot of things, but the government's smart. People are smart. And, you know, until you realize that, you're not going to pull the wall over the bigger people's heads. You know what I mean? You're going to get over bullshit. But I learned that. And, I was even gambling. I, I lost a quarter million dollars in two weeks. The federal government taxed me for it, and I had to pay that. You ever seen anybody walk away clean from the criminal life? Oh, absolutely. A couple of guys really? I know. A matter of fact, I know a guy to this day, <laughs> great family down south, still in, great people anyway. There's another guy I know, multi, multi-millionaire. He was a good drug dealer back in the late 80s when I was around, and he ended up getting out. And he opened automotive dealerships. He's got like, you know, a friend, like, I, I'm not going to name the, the company. No, no. But it's, they have auto places all over the place. And that all started with drug money. So what All did, started with drug money. Did he just hit it really hard and then go, you know, Stop. sink that, that money into legitimate businesses? Well, and just he, get out? he actually, he, he was making a lot of money. 
And all of a sudden, he's off the radar. And I'm thinking, fuck, he got arrested. I didn't hear about it, whatnot. And, you know, the first thing I'm thinking, oh, he's a fucking CI or something's going to happen. Yeah. I don't want to talk to him. I don't want to. Nah, I mean, I've talked to him. He uh, got out of the business and he opened one fucking auto dealership. Uh, like, not a, not, a, not a car selling, you know, like where they sell parts and that kind of stuff. So, and, and I didn't even know. And it wasn't even in a town where we work. It was another city, close to South Florida, but that wasn't That's in, smart, you know. Though. And he did it. And that worked to two to three to five. And it, I don't know how much money he stashed before he did all that and got, but he literally from one day, shit, we're doing some good shit. Next thing, he's gone. And, and you think either they whacked him or fucking, you know, this guy's in jail. You don't want to know. You know, you know, back in the day when you and I were in business for the bad business, I didn't want to know. If a guy falls off the radar and all of a sudden pops on the radar, who the fuck you kidding, motherfucker, man? I know who you're working with. Get in the pool. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see if you're wired, motherfucker. Yeah. I used to do that. But, uh, and it's, so it's, then you find out years later what smart. There were a few, very few, because guys like me couldn't quit, J.D. I couldn't quit. The high was too good. I do every drug in a book. I don't care. I'm very controlled with drugs. But the high was better than any high. And I've done every drug in the book. We talk about that a lot on the show. And uh, the high was just unbelievable. When you walk out of a store with a million dollars in fucking jewelry and you know you got away with it. When I get started, nothing stops me but cuffs. I have yeah, to literally be stopped. I, I don't have the control to, to stop. Like, And you're 100% right, man. Like, We used to literally, we'd steal a car and we'd be trolling for cops to get in high-speed chases. It was <laughs> Sounds like Nick on a motorcycle. Hey, that's what's up. <laughs> he used to have no plates. I hear that that's common. Did you know that? Why would you have plates on Why? a motorcycle? Thank you, They're Jamie. not going to catch up with yeah. you. That, I, I didn't know this. Oh, See, you I don't heard have all a motorcycle this. license? I mean, I got to, I got, I got, no. Why would I waste my time and get a motorcycle license and register my bike? And That's why he works good here, because he was a criminal. <laughs> just like, go there you go. How did you get started? Was it dealing or was it, was it cards? What was it? So, like, back in high school, I was selling what, what I would call hippie drugs. You okay. Know, pot. Um, pot, mushrooms, LSD, yeah. uh, even, you know, <laughs> ecstasy, stuff like that, you know, just small time stuff like that. Yeah. But, uh, when I was 23, somebody introduced me to methamphetamines Okay, and that was 23. Just, yeah. That was 100% my zone. Like I never mm -hmm. did any drug before then that I wouldn't be able to just stop and put down yeah. and walk away. The second that I hit meth, I was like, I, this is what I do now. Yeah. This is like who I what am. What was it? Because I, listen, meth, I've done meth, a lot of meth, but this can quit, can not do it, do something else, not do it, drink, not do it. I mean, I, is that, is, this, is there a gene? You, you are in so, recovery, you're in uh, addiction issues a lot. So like, look, I think that I was, uh, I think that I had like a preemptive setup for amphetamines because I was on Ritalin and Adderall uh, that's and Siler. Yeah, See, I kid. never was as a kid. Yeah. yeah, they 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 decided I was ADHD and they were like, yeah, we're gonna put this you know small child on amphetamines. He told me that uh, uh, is it Adderall? Adderall, yeah. He said Adderall is just like meth. It's meth. It's, it's yeah. It's, it's one molecule off. It's meth. It's one molecule. Yeah. So I mean, methamphetamines and then uh, Adderall and, and Ritalin, they're amphetamine salts. So yeah. you know, there's a slight difference, but. The feeling that I got from it just felt like home, bro. Like, it felt like home. And I had been able to do every other drug, bro. Like, a lot of people get caught on the opiates. Like, I, I did I, 180 milligrams for 10 years. Yeah. A day. I can get, I can get prescribed painkillers, 
and take them as prescribed and then put them down. And it's not a problem. It's, it's the amphetamines for me. Like okay. 100%. Uh, what I'm trying to find out is, because I've, listen, drugs to me are, I think all drugs should be legal. Every single drug in the world. Even fentanyl. People go, what do you mean? I had two doctors on this show. Doctors, really doctors. And they said everyone should be. And, and the reason being, we're letting the government pick and choose what. Because you can go right now to Home Depot. Kids are huffing paint. Kids are doing thinners. Kids are, you know, you can want to go get, you want to kill you yourself, you can go get the fucking uh, poisons that go in grass and all the crazy, crazy shit. Well, look at what they're making K2 out of. Uh, exactly. Or anything. And K2 is now a drug too. That's another good drug. People See, the government has lied to us about drugs our whole lives. Acid. I, I like acid. Acid is the kind of drug that uh, actually opens your mind. All your great artists. Like, I can go in and in in the studies that are done on acid. And they're using the acid now as a PTSD uh, uh, therapy. And it's working, mega working. They're using uh, LSD. They're using mushrooms. Ketamine. They're using ketamine. Um, you know, the, the ashwagandha. No, that's not what it's called. Uh, yeah, uh, ayahuasca. Yeah, well, ayahuasca and the iboga, I think it is. Um, they're, they're testing that to, they think that they can actually rewire the brain enough to cure addiction. Right. With the, the endorphins in the brain yeah. where you, you it, it, I'm, I'm going to do an ayahuasca retreat. Oh, oh yeah. Absolutely. Oh, I'm 100% yeah. going to Listen, do an I, I, I love, uh, uh, what is it called? What is DMT. It? DMT. I like DMT. I'll do DMT and I'll go to a concert. I can do DMT and you know, it's a very quick, it's not, you know, 15, 20 minutes, not even. And you could get out there. You can go, I go into a tunnel or whatever it is. And I enjoy it, but I understand. See, I was always good with drugs because I always understand, one, you're going to come out of it. You know, I never had a bad trip. And I don't, I'm not around people ever with drugs who are negative people. I would do drugs with you because you're a happy-go-lucky person. If you're around negative people, it, it, they get the bad trip and they're going to fuck your trip up. I was actually with someone who did mushrooms. I threw them out of fucking offices. The fuck, I, I, wrong room. I shouldn't have did that, but get the fuck out of here. You're going to ruin my fucking high on this shit? Look, first off, I don't think that psychedelics should be classified as a drug. Agreed. Psychedelics should be classified as a tool, as a lesson, as an experience, uh, as a teacher in and of itself. But uh, I don't think they fit in the category of drugs. But yo, Because, what, what, J.D., I just got to on that thing. Everybody was like, oh, but it's a drug. Wait a minute. Sugar kills more people than fucking any other fucking drug. Uh, alcohol, don't even get me on that. And I drink, I do, but alcohol kills, violence, everything. Alcohol is proven, drug. I, I actually was at a, a big uh, 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 function, and I was on a panel. And me and this sheriff didn't really get along. So he's got, oh, you know, anybody in pot, all these people start up pot in my jail and all this. I go, really? Now I'm up next now. It's my kind of crowd. I said, really, Sheriff? First of all, everybody started on milk. The fucking place starts laughing. I said, all right, I'm going to get real now, Sheriff. I says, first off, 80%, 80% of all kids' first drug they do is alcohol. 80%. So I don't say the first drug they do is pot. I, I'll tell you, Nick will tell you. He never did pot. His first drug was something different, right, Nick? It was. Yeah, I started just doing acid. Yeah, he but did I'm acid. a little different than, you know. But my point is. It's not that that's this all. Now it's legal. Now it's legal and it's going to be legal in more and more states and everything else. I'm just talking about pot or any drug. So I think we, we got, we've been sold, and you know this, a lot of misinformation done by the government all the time. COVID. COVID was a misinformation. They wanted to see how far they could put you. Uh, wash your fucking mail. What? <laughs> really? People were doing it. I have friends that did it. You know, 
I know people who wash your thing, wash it. You know, stop the fuck. They're just pushing me how far. Listen, if that's what it is, I don't. Maybe I don't want to live in this shit. But well, I, I just think I, information is good. I but think that give they're the trying right to push us more towards a paperless currency. And that kind of fits in that narrative too. There's so many plus sides with the narrative with COVID for them, as opposed not to us, but for them. Uh, you know, when you say them, you mean governments. Yeah, stuff. well, yeah. and really, who runs the governments? Big the business. Yeah, the yeah, corporations <laughs> behind the governments. You know, they all made out like bandits, while people oh, lost bandits. small small oh, businesses and families and hardworking Americans lost their livelihood, lost their businesses, lost their homes, while the government. And the corporations that run the government thrived. They're on vacation, the yeah. beaches. So why why would they want to why would they want to do away with paper currency? You see this push yeah. for it. You mm-hmm. see it every day. There's places that don't even accept cash. Anymore. Yeah, they, they tell this you, is, oh, you don't have Apple Pay, you don't have this pay, you don't have other pay. You're right. Yeah. So like, what market thrives mainly on cash? The black market. Mm. You know what I'm saying? The drug markets. The markets that they don't get any tax revenue from. Yeah, that's true. And, and you're right. It, it, it becomes a big business. Uh, well, first of all, I always believe it's all big business. Listen, they don't. it's like the stock market. I was in the stock market once, and big. And uh, I was in prison. I had money, and a friend gives me, goes, he goes, listen, Larry, you got to buy this stock. I said, what, what stock? He goes, advanced radio, Okay. And at the time, the stock was like 80 cents, right? It's a legit stock. So I said, fuck it. I put 10 grand into, into this fucking stock. Now, I'm in prison. I remember I was in Coleman Prison. It was 1999. You're buying stock from prison. Well, I mean, I call a guy, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Doing my thing. So I fucking buy the stock. And I'm watching the paper. I used to get the USA Today. And, and I'm watching this stock. It goes to $2. Six, four dollars. You know, it's going on. I'm like, fuck. And I'm, I'm thinking, first thing I'm thinking, I'm the next Microsoft guy. Because if you put <laughs> if you put $1,000 in Microsoft when it started and left it there right now, I think you're worth $100 million. Mm-hmm. $100 million. So it's a crazy, crazy number. And I'm thinking, holy shit. Man, I'm going to, ah, fuck, I get out of prison. Ah, my brain is just thinking... It hits twelve dollars. I bought it for eighty cents. It's one hundred twenty grand How much already. Did you buy uh, ten thousand dollars worth. So oh, okay. it was about twelve thousand. Jesus stock. Christ! I'm thinking, holy okay. fuck! I got myself. I'm, I'm one hundred twenty grand. I'm already. Uh, this is easy. I'll do my time. I'm getting out at forty six. Is when I got out. I went in at thirty four. So I'm. Oh fuck! I, I, and I'm. A, I'm about thirty seven or something like that at this time. I went. Holy fuck, I'm just, I'm, I'm a genius now. I, I think I know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> Here's the story. I end up going in the hole. I was in a hole for a long time. I was a, a bad prisoner. I fought the system, did a lot of bad things, attacked unit man. I, I was a bad guy. So I fucking go to the hole. I'm in the hole. Stock's going down. I can't pull. <laughs> Couldn't get, you don't get a phone call in the fucking <laughs> yeah. hole. Holy fuck. It's going down. I'm only getting the paper every week, maybe a word from somebody, you know, through a guy comes in, you know, and, and tells me, says, hey, Lord, yeah, because I, you know, I was talking on the yard, like I, I really knew what I was doing. I didn't know fuck. And I fucking, the thing's going down, going down. It's like, I get out of the hole, it's like $1.50. Still made money, but oh, I'm fucking depressed and shit. <laughs> I said, fuck it, it's got to go back up. I don't know no shit. You got the stock blues. Listen, I fucking yard. end up fucking keeping it. It ends up going bankrupt. 
<laughs> I don't know that you, I should have had preferred stock. There's different levels of stock. I had what they call the common stock. Goes bankrupt. I lose everything. Done. It's gone. Vance Radio's done. <laughs> Never heard of it. And Larry's sitting here on a fucking podcast instead of worth $100 million. But my point is, is we think we know and we don't. And there's so many things that the government, and the reason I, I mentioned you said that is a friend of mine is very, very wealthy. And he said to me, Larry, let me explain something to you about the stock market. The stock market is nothing but a rich man's casino. And he means a rich man's casino. Mm-hmm. It's not made to make everyday people, you know, millionaires, billionaires. It's made for the steady hall. It's made for a lot of things. But it's not made for you to get lucky and fucking hit. It's not a lottery. He goes, it's really made. For, and they know that. And they do things that you have no idea. And this is a very wealthy man. And he, it's proved to be right after all these years. It take me, again, my life experience has showed me that. But you said it there, right there. It's not made for you and I. The, the no. big boys, the big, you know, we no. have to make it our own way. But you still have to take risks in life. Like, 100%. You took that risk and you took that L. But if you would have taken the risk on Arizona iced tea, bro, you know what I'm saying? So it's all about just, you know, you can't calculate every possible angle in anything. Sometimes you just got to go with your gut. And, and you know, you and I. And we take losses, Larry. It's okay to take losses, man. It's not okay to lay in them and dwell on them and give up or let it affect our headspace negatively. And you're a prime example of that. You're happy every single fucking day, Larry. I see you every single day living your best life. And dudes who've been to the gutter, who've been to prison, who've seen some of the darkest shit you can possibly imagine, we seem to have an ability to see the best in life. 100%. You know, JD, I tell someone that, two things I tell them, I said, listen, no matter what happens to me, it's not worse than being in an eight foot by six foot cell when you think you're gonna die and your buddy just killed himself through a vent and you're fucking, you're in a space that you don't wanna be. No matter what happens to me, JD, I'm I'm good, I'm good. You know, you take some, even my friends, I tell them, you rich motherfuckers, you you better hope I never fucking go broke because I'm robbing all you motherfuckers, number one. I said, the second I says, let me explain something to you. Doesn't affect me like it affects them because they've never been that low. They've been privileged. They've been shit. You take this shit away and they're jumping off fucking buildings. Me, yep. I'm a survivor. I'm gonna make it no matter what. I also tell young people. I so said, let me explain something. At my age, when you're 20, you think you know it all. When you hit 30, you look back and say, man, I was a fucking idiot at 20. When you hit 40, you look back and say, man, I didn't know shit at 30. When you hit 50, you say, fuck, am I ever gonna learn? I'm 60, well, I'll be 62, and I say, fuck, I'm still learning, motherfucker. What the fuck? You'd never get there, which is okay. I don't ever want to be there, man. Once I get there, there's no more growth. There's no more progression. There's no more point or purpose or way for me to evolve if I were to get to any type of level where I'm like, cool, I know everything. And you don't. And we all know that. And, like, I like to help young people. Nick, I really, I, Nick, Nick comes on the shows, on the cooking show now and a lot of stuff. I like to help, and and they drive me crazy. You know that. But they're fun. They, they got that energy. They got that hope, the vision, the stuff. I still do. And I want them to at least get my knowledge. And I'm a nut, fucking JD. Trust me, I'm a fucking half a nut. That's why what we do and our message on social media is so important because we have the ability to use our story, which, like, a lot of my story is chaos and it's suffering and it's, you know, damage that I did to myself, damage that I did to my community. But 
through sharing those stories that we have, we have the power to be able to influence other people so they don't have to live that same mistake, man. And don't get me wrong, like prison wasn't my low point, bro. Uh, you know, I was happier every day in prison than I was at my high point of selling drugs and doing really. Drugs. That's what I, I wanted to get back. I, to. I can't say that I wanted to get right. back to but, that. But, but, let's get back to it. But you, you have said multiple times that you weren't strung out. That you could enjoy yeah. drugs and you could put them down. I was a fucking slave to bags of powder and shards, man. So okay. like that shit okay. owned me. When and it took over my ability to feel any type of happiness or joy. Like I could want something and then I'd get it and I wouldn't feel anything. Nothing made me feel any type of happiness or joy or excitement anymore. And I was doing better than I had ever done before in my life, man. Like yeah, money wise. Money, money was no fucking issue. Whereas before, when I was struggling for money, at least when I'd get some, I'd be like, cool, I'm doing something. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, the best that I ever did in the criminal lifestyle, I just felt nothing. And it was because I was a slave to that is shit. That the, is, so, that, is that an addiction? So is that a straight you, addiction? When you, started yeah. using, when you started using, was it, were you buying first and then started using? Or were you using and then started selling to use? Yeah, well, did you sell to... to, to, to for your habit. I think most people get into a habit and then they sell to support the habit and then they keep getting, maybe get or bigger. Or selling first or. Yeah. No, no, know. no. I, I would never sell anything to somebody else that I wasn't using myself. So you started using I, first. I started using and then I would sell to support my habit. Okay. And then I was like, damn, this is really easy money. Yeah. And then you and, were just up all the time. Yeah, and- I mean, I would be selling dope. And I could have made more money selling dope than I was stealing the cars, but it was kind of like what you said, man. As soon as I had that adrenaline rush of stealing a car, I was like, fuck, I need more of this. And then we got in my, my first high-speed chase. I wasn't even driving. But I, as soon as I felt that adrenaline kick in, oh, it's great. it was wild, and I was <laughs> sold on that. So I was making less money in more risky situations mm-hmm. just to get that feeling. And where did, where did the know, cards I, come in? What's that? Where did the cards come in? Cards? Yeah, didn't you? Weren't you oh, stealing? The credit cards? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that came in credit way, cards. Way, everybody's way about. later. So I was I was selling dope in Daytona. Yeah. And when I got to Daytona, they had just done this big drug bust called Operation Ice Age, and these people, <laughs> like for real, uh, the, these cats, like they hemmed up basically everybody who was bringing meth yeah. into the Daytona. dealers. Yeah, all the dealers and the people and you got that caught were up trafficking in that? it. No, not at okay. all, bro. I came in and I saw that and I was like, holy fuck, it's a wide open market. That's ah, what my dumb ass saw. Nice. I was yeah. like, this market is wide open. So I got myself- Just another revenue stream, really, for I, your addiction. Yeah, well, I opened mm-hmm. a pipeline from Georgia and you know, I could sell an ounce of meth for 900 to 1100 depending on the person, nine to 1100 and I could get them for 250 300 delivered to my fucking couch in Daytona from Georgia. And I would have people bringing me, you know, just you know that that must that I get it now. Now it, you actually just clicked in something with me. I can get drugs to this day. I can get drugs very, very inexpensive. Delivered my, my name, my reputation, everything mm-hmm. is very, very good. And to this day, I do not sell it to anyone. Nickly, I will I don't give know anything. it. No, I'm saying I will yeah. give it to people, and meaning I I can give somebody something. And I have people say, man, you know, you could have made X amount of dollars on that and X amount of that. <laughs> and I'm not a billionaire or a millionaire, go crazy, none. And I look and I say, 
nah, I, just don't, I don't want that headache of understanding once you sell. Once you sell and you're, you, nobody ever, J.D., can say, Larry sold me something. Nobody can ever say that. When I, when I was in the big game, the big game, and I was a criminal, my partner was the drug dealer in New York. I'm talking mobsters, two, mob, two up-and-coming mobsters. And I was the muscle and robberies and violent stuff. Not proud of that. But, and he was the dealer. So at the time, kilos were going for 25000 in New York. I could get kilos at ten grand. So every kilo I wanted to bring to New York, fifteen grand cash, no worry about the out, the money, and the cash in my pocket. I didn't do it. And it was something in it. And it's not that, listen, drugs, I told you, I don't, drugs are just, uh, an, drugs to me are like a beer or a water or a, or a drink. It does not matter to me. It's a high. I like it. I might like the drug. I might like, but I, I won't not get up. I won't not work. I won't, do, I don't consume. I, listen, I have to do stuff for you today. You're coming. I have to get ready. I mean, I, you know, I, this is what I do. And if I want, I'm up at two in the morning. I want to get fucking high. I can do that. And it's, and don't get me wrong. I, I like to have fun, but it's that something in me that, and I don't know what that is. Maybe that's just, I don't have that addictive gene maybe, but I think I do. Cause I, I'm addicted to work. I'm addicted to, uh, you know, progression, business. I love the, 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 the whole nomenclature of business, how it works, what it does. And it's a scorecard, you know? I mean, I make money, I do things, and, and I'm always doing something. And, and I love that part of it. But I also want a legacy, I think, maybe too, you know? So look, man, there's different types of mental disorders. and I got a lot of them. Right? So, <laughs> so like, look, there's, it's, it's a similar mental disorder for all of the above things. There's, you know, addiction, there's alcoholism, there's eating disorders, there's, uh, you know, sex addicts, there's people who have gambling disorders, and there's people who will legitimately wreck their life with sex and gambling. Oh, absolutely. But if they do drugs, it doesn't get them. And there's people who do drugs and don't really care about gambling. Like, they'll, you know, I, I could not give a shit about gambling. And, like, and I, I, I gambled millions. I would million. be at a casino, uh, you know, high as hell, and everybody else is gambling. And I put, like, one time I put $5 into a Michael Jackson machine, and I got 160 bucks out. And he did the dance, the thriller. Uh, we were actually at a, uh, we were at a bodybuilding competition. And I had a couple of my clients when I was personal training that were in the bodybuilding competition. The female took, uh, took first place, and the dude, it was a, a husband and wife couple, and they were in the over 50s. And uh, she took first place. He took third place for men. Wow. And uh, Well, you, you could tell. <laughs> Look I, at you. <laughs> I just I, I put the $5 in, got the 160 and I was like, yep, I'm going to quit while I'm ahead. But when it came to, to meth, you couldn't I do couldn't that. quit while I was ahead. I can do it with any other drug, but meth, there's just something wired in, in, in the everybody. I think everybody brain. has to be like That's that. That's what hits. You know what I'm saying? So you've tried every single drug. Everything. I've done angel dust. Uh, man, <laughs> I've done sherm. I've done, you know, where they where, where you dip it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I've done that. I don't think I've ever done I knew the guy who was getting dust. that shit from a embalming place. You know, one regret that I have, and I'm going to say this, even years into recovery, I'm fucking mad at myself because we did a robbery of a place that had been shut down for years, and 
we got quaaludes. Oh my we god, I wish I had more quaaludes. quaaludes I did a bro. lot of them when I was a kid. I had <laughs> I had 13 fucking quaaludes and like people were asking to buy them and I I'd like looked up the value as what the last one was sold and it was sold for like over three grand and I'm like, look, I'm not going to sell you one of these. You won't be able to give me what it's worth. Just have it, you know? Uh, and oh. I kept oh. I kept four <laughs> for myself and I ended up getting fucking, like I went to jail and my house got robbed while I was in jail. And they took the quaaludes. They took the fucking quaaludes. That's all they were there they for. Took, they took the fucking <laughs> yeah. quaaludes. So look, here's the thing that was pretty cool though. Like I had in my safe, I had a bunch of fake dope. Everybody knew where that safe was. I had a very small amount that I would be selling out of and then a bunch of fake dope. And I had my real Smart. safe up in one of the vents. And uh, so they didn't get my real dope, but they got my money and they got my quaaludes. You should have uh, put the quaaludes in the real dope shit, man. Come on. I, I absolutely should have. Man, we make mistakes. It's funny because I used to do a lot of mescaline too. Ooh, I love mescaline. Mes- microdots, man. man. We fucking get- I remember, la- I laugh. I'm a very good high person. Whatever drug I ever take, I'm just a happy looking motherfucker. I love it. You know, it's very hard for me to get. I have a lot of dark shit in my life. Uh, and that drugs are not it. I can totally sit here and do drugs with you and be the fucking happiest dude. Laugh, fucking jerk off. I don't give a fuck what I do. Please it, don't jerk off, Larry. No, no, no. I'm not going to do that here. <laughs> Your wife's here. <laughs> but no, I mean, I was just that kind of person. And quaaludes, you know, back when I was younger, quaaludes were a big thing. And they weren't like that, not, you know, money-wise. They, they weren't big, you know, crazy money. And... It, Micro that we used to, I mean, they, you know, little dot man, we used to do those fucking things, and I would laugh, literally laugh. And I remember them, and you can't find that kind of stuff anymore, you know. The last right? time that I had uh mescaline micro dots was at Lollapalooza in 1997. Oh. Uh, Tricky played, then Snoop Dogg played, then Tool I was played, in prison, <laughs> then uh, the Orb played, and I was out in the middle of the desert in Washington at the Columbia Gorge watching that show on microdots of mescaline and smoking like some of the best hash oh. I had ever had in my life. I used to smoke hash too a lot. And, you know, hash was actually today's weed is almost like hash because, you know, they have these dabs now. And it's, it's, too it's just, wow, it's too much. See, I actually, personally, I can't function on weed. I, I got it. I got medical license for it and all this shit. I can't function. I can function on any other drug. I cannot, I mean... Function to a point what I want to function, but I could do any drug. If I do weed, I sit in that chair, JD. I got the three hundred pounds. I'm two thirty now, feeling a little bit better. I'm a little. I got a lot of medical, you know, my back. You seen my back? Yeah. And fucked up, but I mean, it's weed. Weed is the drug. Nick was like, Nick was a big dabber, weeder, and he he's like that too now. I don't know what it is. I can't function on it. I mean, it's some people. My ex wife. First time I meet my ex-wife, not first time, she was 12 years younger than me. She was a hottie and stuff. So I got her over my house. I got a nine-foot bar. She goes, can you get weed? Can I get? I can get the fucking, I can get the president to deliver it at that time. I fucking, say, okay, I'll get your weed. So I had a guy I used to get the best. Back then it was called Crippy. And I got fucking Crippy. It was $4,000 a pound back then. And, I, and it had the you know purple haze in it, fucking weed. And I'd get it. Nah, I didn't give a shit about it. Well, she goes, can you get me weed? I said, sure. How, what do you want? She goes, I just want some weed for my friends. I, she tells the story. I end up fucking getting a weed. I get her a pound. Not of crippy, but a pound of regular weed. 
put it behind the bar. It's in a bag, you know, an old thing. She goes, did you ever get weed? I said, go, it's behind the bar. Go get it. She comes, it's not here. Where, where are you getting weed? She thought I was getting like dime bags. They used to get dime bags. <laughs> Maybe a little, you know, a little more. She wasn't looking for a pound sitting back. Fuck, she, she opened the bag and it was like she fucking hit the lot. That's when she wanted to marry me. But they, <laughs> she fucking ended up, you know, Missy tells that story. There's a whole fucking pound of fucking weed. Fucking, I, yeah, just, you know. But weed would make me sit in my, my recliner. I would put a can of Pringles on my fucking stomach, lay back. Maybe if I wanted to take a roofie, back in the day, I'd take a roofie. And I'd fucking be gone. I'd be fucking roofie. I, I'd miss weddings and shit. She'd, be, she'd take my money out of my pocket. You know, I used to carry three, four thousand. And she'd fucking take the money and I am not a fucking, I understand what roofies could do because you could have raped me and I wouldn't have known about it. You know, but weed, so you, they do hit different drugs. Dude, like, so look, Larry, I, regrettably, like, I'm not proud of this, but I used to drive so drunk. I had a minivan that was like we a did. soccer mom van and I had a bar in the center console. We, we <laughs> called it the car bar. And so for years, I drove drunk. And I never got a DUI. I never got in a single accident. Never once did it happen. I got a DUI for marijuana. When it became what? legal in Oregon, what? I smoked some weed. And I'm driving like a granny, like I'm looking <laughs> over the steering wheel. And I got pulled over for driving under the speed limit. Under? Under the speed limit. Yeah. And that's that's why I have to go back. I'm going to have to, um, I'm moving to Oregon, back to Oregon at the end of the month. You told me that, so I'm glad you're yeah. here. But we're, we're going to be but makes me go to Oregon. Oh, we're coming to, to Oregon. Go, we're coming to Oregon. Oh, yeah, come to Oregon. I have to go turn myself in on a bench warrant to get my license back. You did tell me that when we were yeah, together. It's been like it's been like eight years, and uh, they're like, "You're yeah, not going back to jail." No, I have to turn myself into jail. For, I, I, but they're not putting you in it's it. It's just a bench warrant. I, yeah, I'm gonna I mean, go, I'm going to go in, and they're going to hold me until I see a judge. Oh, yeah, usually you have to see a judge in tw at least in Florida in 24 hours. So yeah, it, I, I probably won't. I don't know how the judge is going to react. I have absconded for eight years, but I'm going to turn myself in. I can't imagine that on is an it a bad warrant DUI. It's just oh, it's a, a DUI warrant. It's a DUI. Yeah, I'll be out of there soon. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But um, that's that's how weed affects me. Like it gives me the fear now. And I used to smoke all day, every day in high school and my early 20s up until I started doing meth. And then I just stopped smoking weed, and I smoked a couple times in prison and had anxiety attacks. I literally heard dogs oh, with weed. that weren't there. Yeah. There's apparently a study that once, like, like men and women, once a, a man turns about 25 to 28, his brain, you know, starts changing. Well, they, they women, don't mature until Women start smoking at a later life, and they can handle it more, but men usually stop around their Really? Is that, is that true? Yeah, well, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I, I could see that. I mean, <clears throat> I, I do know... Uh, again, like he said, that just drugs hand. I've done a lot of drugs, and again, never was late. Never did. Never fucked me up drugs in that regard. Uh, but certain things, even alcohol, wouldn't fuck me up. I, I don't drink like I not at all. I drink, but I don't drink like I do yeah, because I don't like to be drunk, sick. Larry. <laughs> <laughs> but I just don't like to be. I don't like that next day, JD. I don't like that next day. Oh, no, dude, no, man. Like, look, man. I can't. I cannot function the way that i used to like my body doesn't ever want anything to be honest with you since i did meth for the first time like that's why i didn't try out the uh the quaaludes like i wanted to because 
like, were you scared? I mean, honestly, some people well, were scared to try something new. I don't, I didn't care, bro. I've put so much shit in my body, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was cool. not worried about my pristine temple of a body. The where it came from, where my hesitation came from was like, uh, I didn't want to put myself in a position where I was going to be incapacitated or not present of mind because I was moving so much weight, I was doing so much crime. I didn't want to do anything where I was going to make myself sloppy and open to getting robbed or open to getting arrested. But you weren't able to say to yourself, like, I can do that now. I know what I have going on. And I won't do anything because I have something going on. But I say, okay, I got tomorrow. Nothing going on. What's on the calendar? Nothing. Hey, you could take a day. I did three videos. I do whatever I want to do. And I can say, I'm getting fucking, you know, DMT or acid. or I don't want to do acid. I do acid. I was in prison with the biggest acid fucking king. He went to prison for life for 30,000 tabs. He gets a pardon. But I took four hits of acid, good ones, and I'm in prison in a cell. Who the fuck does acid in a prison cell? I do it at night. We used to do it a lot. I floated. That's an out-of-body experience. That's the only time I've ever had one, and I, I love it. I want another one, but I'm smart enough. I don't want to go. I don't know the next level after that fucking DMT. flying. No, I've done that BMT. It doesn't get me to that level. That level was I floated out of fucking Atlanta, literally floated. And was looking down at a penitentiary. We had murders. All, I mean, that was the worst penitentiary in the country at the time. And I'm looking down. And I, I, I never was above fucking Atlanta in a helicopter. But I literally could. It, to this day, to this day, J.D., I can fucking see it. And it's, it's a place I want to go. But I don't want to go. I don't know what's after that. And it's like, you know, you always try to chase that perfect high, I call it. And... Obviously, I'm responsible enough to know, but I mean, in the right level. Because acid never, and this is crazy. I tell everybody, if you ever do acid right, and I wish your wife wasn't here, but I'll say it because she'll hear it. People hear it. The best thing to do on acid, they used to take it at 10 o'clock at night when they locked the doors. And I'd take it about 9.30. It'd hit you in about 30 minutes, and the guards walking down locked. Because we had actual turnkeys. That land was built in 1903, and they fucking come by, and fuck, I'm sitting on the wall. I'm watching the wall across from you on the tier. Fucking breathe and fucking the walls. Oh, and shit. Yeah. I'm, it's starting to hit perfect. I got my extra battery packs, you know, that in prison. Mm-hmm. I get in the fucking cell and I'm listening to Grateful Dead. Fucking Jerry Garcia's fucking off for fucking hours. I'm hitting that thing. Here it is, four in the fucking morning, starting to come down, you know, about five hour high. And I'd fuck jack off. The best feeling in the fucking world is jacking off on your way down from acid. Because this is a nerve drug. Everybody knows that. And it feels like your whole body. It, I, I, these are the feelings you, you have are coming out of you. And I do it two or three times. You know, but, I mean. Did you have a celly? Uh, yeah, he's up fucked up too. He's, up, he's doing his shit. <laughs> so fucking, and it was just an amazing feeling. Did you guys have the, the put a sheet up process? No, nah, when you're in the cell, no. We, you did when I, I once was thrown in with a lot of people. And we did that, you know, the sheets and put them yeah, across with the string. That's what people would do at OSP. I was never, no. I was like, you're not, you're not jacking off in the cell. With no, me. no, he's up on the top cell, fucking bunk. I'm in my bunk. It's fucking four in the morning, two in the morning. There's a fuck, and he's fucking <laughs> blasting off on me. I don't know, not on me, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Who gives a shit? I mean, come on, we're all men. What the fuck? Oh, we don't, we don't do that. Get the fuck out of here. These people. I said, listen, shut the fuck up. I've done everything. I was swinging and fuck, I've done everything in sex you could ever think of. There's no fucking inhibitions in me. 
because I know who I am. I'm a good. I'm I'm a good person. I try to help people. I am who I am. I don't give a fuck what that neighbor thinks. What that neighbor thinks. What I respect everybody. I try to help people. Try to protect people who can't protect themselves. Elderly, young kids. You fuck with one in front of me. See what happens. I go to prison because yeah. I will fucking do something, and I and I know what I'm capable of. And I don't want to ever get that way. So I try to stay away from people who one, even if I think they're wrong, I can't. It's something in me that says get away because you're gonna end up, you know, doing something that's gonna put you for life again. You know, whatever. I got a lot of fucking baggage, but I am just. I, I'm not. I, I don't give a fuck what. Oh, he or she. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm. I, I couldn't hear him a little bit. Something. All right. A little better. Okay. Oh, okay, you hear no, I can hear okay, yeah. Clear, I heard it something. Maybe it's me. You're, I think you're moving the wire. Oh, okay. So anyway, and what happened was, is I don't have that. You know, I, I just don't. It's listen. You will like me for me. I'll like you for you. I don't give a fuck what you do. People can say to me, "Oh, he does it." Yeah, if it's fucking illegal with a kid, then you know, you better first of all, you better show me you fuckers. Don't just tell me he did that shit. Because if you tell me that, I'm gonna fucking knock you out and then go research the motherfucker. But no, you know, that's my my thoughts with all that. So look, man, I think it's funny because I recently went viral with a video about how elderly people were treated in the prison that I was at. And, you know, if they're down on good charges, you know, they're not there on no sex beef, then we would protect the elderly Absolutely. inmates. We Absolutely. made sure they weren't fucked with. You don't fuck with our OGs. You know what I'm saying? We got respect for them. We treat them with respect. Most of them are grumpy as fuck. They're doing life. They've been down forever. We treat them with respect. These young fucking gangsters coming in there with no idea of how things work. We we don't let Check them, them though. <laughs> fuck with these fucking old dudes. True. You know what I'm saying? And I had tons of people in the comments. Oh, so you just you have morals once you go to prison, but you're out here beating elderly people when you're on the street. Who the fuck did that? Bro? And who said you who ever did that? Right? Yeah, I never did that. Even when I rob people, there's that great story I told about the two people I robbed. I was in Sarasota and they old people come in and I got fucking people tied up and I tell them it's a robbery and I bring them to the back. I said, no, 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 they wanted to get that. No, 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 no. Sit here. Just look at the wall. Nice to them. I said, you can't move. Can't move. Okay, okay. Two old people. I do the fucking robbery. I my 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 driver fucks up, goes about, comes back. I walk in, I go, ah, I'm just checking. You can't move before I'm no, no, no. They tie them up. Not these guys are fucking people tied up on the floor and they're just sitting there looking at the wall. Next day in the paper, it said, oh, he was a nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, we were, uh, we were out hitting notes, and uh, we, me and my buddy, we hit this house. And on the way in, he's giving me this fucking stern lecture. Because I'm known to fuck around when we do burglaries. Like, if we're breaking into somebody's house, I'm known to fuck around. I'm ADHD. I didn't focus that much. And he's like, look, jewelry, guns, money. That's it. Jewelry, guns, money. I got you. No electronics. None of this other shit, bro. He takes the upstairs. I take the downstairs. He comes downstairs. I'm fucking making a sandwich in the kitchen. Like 100%. I'm like, bro, check out these different mustards. And he's like, bro, shut the fuck up. We need to get out of here. I'm like, I haven't eaten in like three or four days, bro. <laughs> like I've been high on meth, not eating. You said they have four mustards here. Yeah. So, so they actually had like, I think like six different types Jesus of mustard. Christ. And so I'm sitting there and I'm eating a sandwich at their kitchen table. And we hear the front door start to unlock. And he just bolts immediately. He's carrying stuff out, just bolting as fast as he can. And uh, at the back, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear him. It's this 
it seemed like they were a nice elderly couple. You know what I'm saying? They were having a decent conversation. I felt really bad that we had just <laughs> that done you this. got their food. Yeah, well, that you know that we had broken into their home. I'm sure that they felt violated or whatever. Yeah, you know true, what I'm true. But, I say the same thing. But that sandwich was so fucking good, man. <laughs> so good. And and I've heard that I'm going to have a better roast beef sandwich today. You are going to have soon. I'm we're going to be closing here I'm soon, right? About that. And, and, yeah, and and we're going to be having the best roast beef. I'm, I'll say it right here online around the world. I've been around the world and I've had food from around the world. This is the best roast beef sandwich I've ever had, and I've had it hundreds of times. Here's why I'm so confident: is you know a good restaurant when you go to a restaurant every time, and it's the same. And you have the confidence to bring you, who loves food, obviously a huge motherfucker, the, uh, <laughs> and not fat people, not fat, but you could take somebody there with the knowledge. I took Nick there, I said it, Nick, Nick will tell you now. He goes, you know what he said to you when he walked in? I'm only here to work today because I'm going for roast beef today. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And everybody I take in there, from the CEO to, to people, they go, man, this is good. I took my buddy's kid from New York, a great friend of mine. Uh, I just saw him in Fire Island last week, him and his family. They have a big, big house on the water there. So I popped in. I just surprised them because I was in New York for four days. I, I did Kirill's show. You know, Kirill, uh, Assholes Live Forever? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I just did his show. Nice. And uh, so I was in New York, and I'd see my granddaughter, you know, her birthday. So I love that, you know, see my grandkids. And I fucking gave him, I, he comes down here. He's he's a college. Well, he's twenty two college twenty. Maybe I think. Fuck, Connor's got to be twenty five now. He's about Nick's age, and he comes down. I said, Nick, uh, Connor, I'm taking for roast beef sandwich. I love roast beef. We, I said, best there ever. He comes. He goes, holy shit, this is the best roast beef sandwich. These are New Yorkers who know all about Cat's Deli, all the shit in New York and everything. And it's just, I don't know. You know, they got it right. They, they, you know, a lot of people understand when you with meats. The more you sell, you can keep it fresh. There's a, there's different things and te- everything. And the roll, you're going to love oh, the it. Roll? All, the, the roll with the salt? Oh, oh, you're going to love it. You guys are going to love it, man. And uh, I put it this way. I can do meth and eat that roast beef sandwich. Oh, I, I eat on meth all the time. <laughs> Everybody else is like, how are you doing? Yeah, that? yeah. I, like, because I don't want to look like a fucking meth head. Susan, out of my face, Susan. If Whoa. I'm gonna do a bunch of fucking fraud, <laughs> if I'm gonna walk into a bank with an ID that I printed and pretend I'm someone else and try to take out a fucking mortgage loan on their shit, I can't look like a skeevy method. See, that's you I did that like to. Cox did that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's no, no, not to. like Cox. He did that shit in a big way. Yeah. Yeah. But Cox did. Yeah. Cox did a lot of bigger stuff. Cox did a lot of. Of damage to a lot of people here in Florida. Uh, that's what I'm hearing. I mean, <laughs> he, he ran up I, an entire four blocks of their fucking their uh, the equity and everything. Oh, yeah, people were trying equity. to sell their houses because of fake. That's fake good for them. They should have fucking thanked them. They should have wrote them a fucking letter for that. Look, the best the best thing that I ever did in fraud was figured out how to access on the on the dark web how to access the the pharmaceutical reps. Cards numbers. Oh hell yeah! It's great because oh, they're yeah. they're they're mainly Visa Infinite, which means they have no credit limit. They have no location locks because they fly these dudes all over the country. And the best part about it is, I have zero feelings about ripping off a pharmaceutical company. Fuck them. Yeah, one hundred percent. Oh, you said over and over. You, you fueled the opioid epidemic. Cool, I got you. Let me <laughs> run this card far more. Yeah, because nobody else is getting hurt but the company. No. 
Listen, you know, you, he, and the company's it, not really getting hurt over it. No, Let's well, listen, let it happen. He's he's. I tried your so hardest. Hard, you couldn't get there. Yeah. You know who hated me? It, it wasn't the people who hated me because when I robbed the jewelry store, I wiped them out, and they get this. They what what jewelry they had in that corner for two years? They just sold. Yeah, they get the insurance. Money. Insurance. What I find out after being arrested is they couldn't get people to come. You know, say, oh, he's a bad guy. He hurt me. No. The insurance companies, because I was caught by the major case squad from the FBI. They went to the big boys. Of course the and the fucking companies. insurance companies were getting killed. The best thing I've ever did since I've been out is I worked for an insurance company. They gave me 15 grand for an hour speech up in Washington. Oh, uh, no, uh, uh, Wisconsin. And uh, to, to, talk, to talk to these uh, insurance agent investigators. So I get up on the stage, you know, I, I'm telling, you know, you think you know, you're the investigators and shit. So, and I, I rigged myself in my exact robbing outfit. I did an hour fucking talk and then no, nobody know. I bring one of the guys up. I said, yes, you learning stuff. And they, yeah, yeah, to everybody, you know, about a hundred people, all investigators from insurance companies, the jewelry, because it's the highest jewelry paying thing. Comes up on stage. I talk to him. Everybody's looking. And I just got, I end up fucking flipping the switch, go crazy, pull out a fucking nine millimeter BB gun, BB, BB gun. gun, BB gun. I tore a nine millimeter BB fucking gun. down motherfucker, down motherfucker. Every I thought that I, I had to stop quick because I think my motherfuckers in the fucking audience might shoot me, and I fucking down. They fucked freaked out. Stop the thing. I said, now, not one of you in this room. Did you know I was ready to rob you? No. I was so good at what I did. I had jewelry bags. Oh, it was bags. a BB gun. Oh, okay. It was a BB gun. I could bring it out right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This one was a BB gun. Yeah. You hear that, feds? It was yeah. a BB gun. BB gun. BB gun. <laughs> and, and I had my, my jewelry robbery bags. I had my gloves. I had my flex cuffs. All on me. Done. Did not know. Could not tell. I had a tattoo. I had a sports jacket. Talk. Did not know. Had glasses. Had, had fake glasses at the time uh, that I didn't need them glasses. And I put, uh, uh, at the time, I had a goatee all the time. Took the goatee off. They, I was totally a different person. So they had no fucking clue. And I said, that's why you need to prevent jewelry before it happens. Because if I want to rob you, I'm going to rob you. Yeah, it's too late. And, and, and you... And to this day, Nick keeps saying to me, we drive around in an RV. I have a big RV over here. You guys see 38-footer, two bathrooms, King says bed, four TVs, all this shit in it. Big double-door freezer, refrigerator. And Nick goes, when, he drives too, Nick. So Nick, uh, Nick says, every time we pass a jewelry store, so he goes, Larry, are you going to relapse? You're going to relapse, aren't you? <laughs> You're going to relapse. He tells me that every time. I said, fuck I said, you, Nick. Don't look. Don't look. Are you getting itchy? Don't look. <laughs> I said, no. I muffs, Larry. I muffs. Yeah, uh, yeah. Don't look over there. <laughs> but He's like, KD, over where? Before, go ahead. Let me, let me circle back around because I'm dying to know because we talked about Vanity Fair at the beginning sure. and how Vanity Fair kind of got you on a couple videos, but it sparked you starting your YouTube I, I career. I thanked them. So that's amazing. Did they ever circle back around and try to work with you again? You know, I, I tell awesome. the story. Matter of fact, I've told it on No Jumper. I told it on a lot of big shows. Let me tell you what happened. So I start my YouTube career. Um. Into YouTube three months, four months. Already I'm at 150, 200, 300,000 people, subscribers. I'm, I'm uh, verified, all this kind of shit, whatever. You know, got a store going, everything. I get a fucking email, JD. The email says, can you please sign the release for the second video? 
<laughs> not even a fucking bottle of scotch. Now, at Fuck. this time, in three months, that video had like four million fucking uh, uh, views. Four million. I go, these, instead of getting, you know, mad, because I, th- I was mad, and then I got, I, I fixed my madness. I said, okay, I'm fucking, Nick will tell you how true this is, because he knows how I am when I get crazy. I fucking go on LinkedIn. I pay LinkedIn to get, you know, the, the, the way you can get people shit. I got, I looked up, this is how I only know about Connest Travel. I get the CEO, COO, CFO, operations manager of the parent company and fucking Vanity Fair. And I CC them on an email to this guy who fucking said, can you sign the release? And I said, not only do you not have permission to use any of my likeliness, any of my stuff, I says, you guys... Uh, and very professional. You actually, uh, your word is no good. You're why the why uh, people don't like big business. You didn't even pay me my four hundred ninety one dollars expense. That was not true, but it was four hundred ninety one dollars <laughs> because it was a liquor bill. Yeah, I, I got fucked up in New York with my brother and my friend, and you know they don't pay liquor when you travel, obviously. But I said four hundred ninety one dollars. And you do not, but thank you for starting my YouTube career, and you will never ever do. Three days later, at the time I had my secretary, she goes, I got a check for $491 here. <laughs> and, and, and I says, oh, and. Does it come with a bottle of scotch and a blow Listen, job? better. Because that's the apology. Better. I fucking did, I get, my uh, secretary gets a phone call from the COO of Con Nest Travel asking to speak to Mr. Lawton. Well, I knew the name, which she goes, hey, there's this guy, says he, he's a, a, she reads the, you know, you know emails, you get all the bullshit. Yeah. This is the one with the, 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 the salutation, see all who he is, phone numbers, everything. She goes, and he wants to talk to you. And I knew his name because I emailed him and I looked him up and all this shit. I said, sure, I'll, I'll talk to him, you know. I get on the phone with him. Very nice. He says, Mr. Lawton, he goes, first, uh, we have to congratulate you. At this time now, I'm at half a million or whatever. She goes, yeah, you're, you're doing very well. You're very known on, on the internet. She goes, and I want to apologize for the actions of the of this team. Ten people were let go. Ooh, I did not know this, damn. and I didn't want to. It, I, it wasn't my intention to get people no. fired. I says, he goes, but 10 people were let go. We apologize. We hope we can work with you in the future. And, and I just want, and I said, listen, I have nothing against you. People dropped the ball, and that is why people did. And we had a conversation. I said, no hard feelings. It's over. But I fucking hung up that phone. I had a fucking hard on, so fucking <laughs> hard. Because I was so excited that I actually got a, a, a response from somebody very, very big. And they knew they messed up. And I'm hoping maybe they won't do that to somebody else again. Yeah. And what happens, my buddy who's in, in the industry, in the media industry, big, he said, to, very big. And he says to me, Larry, he goes, that doesn't surprise me. Because he was following this thing with me. I was supposed to get a contract with them. and Because uh, now they couldn't buy me. But they, I was supposed to get a contract with them to go up to New York once a month, do videos. And then I wouldn't have any. I would, I'd have been a slave to them then. But I... Uh, Understand, he goes, Larry, what happens, these companies get so big that they don't manage even their teams and, and people just get lazy. And, you know, the, 
How you know? I would have forgot about it, JD, if they didn't even ask for the release for the second video. They still never got the release. Trust me. On that. The, the way that they just hit you with this release. Yeah, like, that was after such after an insult. insult. It was insult on top of injury. It's like my my signature move in prison when I would spit a loogie in my hand and slap a dude across his oh, face. Oh, that's really fucking insult. Yeah. First of all, slap is fucking, you know, you slap and someone, it's worse than a punch. If I slap somebody, it's because I don't respect them and I don't Absolutely. view them as any type of a threat. Absolutely. And that's the only time I will, that's the only time yeah. I'm going to open hand slap. Oh, that's the biggest thing. You do that in a mob, you're going to get killed. Prison yard. You're going to get killed. Oh. prison yard, bro. You get killed. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's as low as it goes, I bro. You're an instant you punk. In your you, sleep. You may as well just <laughs> drop to your knees and just start. Yeah, oh, right absolutely. There. Everybody. You may hit the whole yard up because everyone's gonna know <laughs> about Slurp it. Slurp the syrup, bro, because they're <laughs> yeah, coming for you. Drink. And I never <laughs> I never had one dude when I did that to them actually try to fire back on me. You know why? Because he knew he whatever he fucking he was a punk. He was a fucking piece of shit. And he knew it. Down deep, he knew it. Well, I wouldn't treat a real motherfucker of like that. Of course you're not. Uh, again, listen. Because a real motherfucker, well, no matter how big or small he is, he's going to stab you. I never worried about a guy your size. I worried about crazy motherfucker that's waiting for you, you know, when you sleep. I never, I tell people, I was in penitentiaries. I never, ever in fucking all my time, J.D., and you'll understand it, I never slept past 6 o'clock in the morning. I had my boots on or sneakers because I don't know who I fucked with. Yeah. I walk by a cell. I look in the cell, I see a guy shooting heroin, I see a guy getting his dick sucked or whatever, it didn't matter. You walk by, this is a penitentiary. That guy you just walked by, you didn't mean anything. You didn't even want to fucking look in there. He's saying, fuck, Lawton's going to steal my fucking dope or my bitch or whatever the hell it is. You don't know. You don't know in prison. Mm -hmm. And I always said, I watched a young kid. It's sad, but a young kid comes to prison and he doesn't understand the game. And I'd say to kids when they come, listen, for the first time, I'll tell you what, for a while, we're going to shower together. Not together in the shower. We'd walk together. You'd watch their back. I'd wait outside. He'd go in. If I saw people coming, hit that, he'd put his boots on, get his shank, and be ready to rock. Because I watched the kid not understand the game, piss somebody off. I don't know the whole story. They fucking went in the shower. Of course, what is he going to do? His bare feet, nothing. They fucking stabbed him up. He fucking dropped covered the drain, the blood went all the way down the fucking tear. I'll never forget that. And it was a lesson to learn that you better, listen, you just, you're in an environment, and you know this, you're in an environment that's totally different. I tell people, you want respect? Go to prison. Because if you bump into someone in prison, you better say excuse me. Because if you bump into me and you don't fucking, you think you're a badass, I'm looking to kill you. I'm look, And I watched that happen. I said, that's where respect comes. You don't think, oh, oh, I'm going to go and be a tough. No, you're not. You're not a tough guy. I don't give a fuck who you think you are. I remember kids come. I, the reason I started my program, J.D., J, uh, Reality Check program, which is world-renowned right now. It's used by the government, weed and seed program, court systems, police. And I said, the reason uh, uh, people used to come to prison, young kids, and I started what I did is because I'd watch kids come. And you did this all the time, I'm sure. 21, 22, did. They're a badass on their little street gang. They come in. They are fucking eaten alive. And I'm talking about people. People go, well, wow. I remember I was in, in, in uh, L.A. They go, we're going to go through a bad neighborhood. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I go, let me tell you a bad neighborhood. When everybody on that fucking yard is a murderer, a drug dealer, a mob boss, a hitman, guys like me, fucking violent robbers, that's the fucking neighborhood I lived in. 
You know how to handle yourself. You watch your fucking back. You know when it's coming before it's coming. You see things. It's a. I know people like you, and I, I can feel tension in a room. I can mm-hmm. feel fucking tension. And people go, what do you mean? Listen, I walk into a yard, and I walk into a unit, any fucking jail prison. I see people walking around with flip-flops. I don't give a fuck about this joint. I see everybody walking around with fucking sneakers or boots and maybe magazines. They lift their shirt. You see a magazine for body armor. You see, yeah. I know what fucking time it is. This is a rough place. Okay, I'll deal with that. But I, it's, you can feel it. You, I, man, you, it's like it's a sixth sense. To this day, I go to a bar anywhere I go. You remember when we and I, I we got to have our back certain places. It just, it's, it's, it's situational it, it, awareness, bro. situational awareness and living, uh, living under constant situational awareness for long enough. You're going to get PTSD. Oh. I had PTSD going in. So yeah, by the so time I, I came out, like I've been, I've been diagnosed with complex PTSD, CPTSD. And a lot of it comes from that. But like, bro, like that's a survival technique. I that's, even have, I, I'm literally, I get a pension for that. Yeah. The military. So, like, you were talking about people using magazine body armor. At, at OSP, they would give us, because at OSP, uh, it, it's the old school bars type yeah, of penitentiary. Atlanta, yeah. Yeah, so, like, you know, you have to Atlanta see, had doors, but they had C-block where Al Capone was. Yeah. Fucking I, Al Capone. I was on, so I'm on D-block. They got bars here on the other side. It's, like, windows, but the windows have all been smashed out. Yeah. Oregon gets cold as fuck, bro. You know what I'm saying? They don't give a fuck. It's snowing outside. It's the same temperature inside. Yeah. So they gave us these. Their their answer was, we'll give them jean jackets that have like a little wool liner. Well, we cut holes in the wool liner and we stuff them with magazines. So we're protecting our vital organs. You know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> but it's really hard to protect your neck in there. Like and we, you had two choices. You slept with your face next to a toilet. And if your celly got down and had to piss in the middle turn, of the night. Turn your head. I, I'm, I'm bottom bunk only. Yeah. I, you know, I don't have I the medical too. restriction, but that's just what time. See, I did, but I didn't need it. I used to come in, get up, get off. Yeah, <laughs> this, this is my bunk now. It's just, it is what it is. I'm too big to be jumping up and down, bro. It's, yeah. it's stupid. I was too fucking hurt. To if you. you slept with your face by the bars, you you could be sleeping in the middle of the night. Somebody could run something right up in your neck, bro. Yeah. You're going to wake up gurgling. Gasping for air yeah. with your your throat, you you know, filling up with blood in your lungs. It, it, it was, you know, it's, you know, you're bringing back penitentiary living like we were just, and it's it's just something that's why at this level in my life, I'm so blessed or whatever you want to call it. I'm not religious, but I'm so, nothing can get me down when you lived the way I lived. And now I look at that and I go, Fuck, I don't care what happens. I could lose money. I could fuck. You could take every fucking thing away from me. I'm going to smile. I'm going to fucking have fun. We do figure it out. And you know what? And, and the next day works on. And it's kind of like the challenge again. And I like that. And, and I think that's pretty good. It's funny because I didn't realize where you were until one of the fans said, holy shit, Larry, you're on the fucking website for fucking Atlanta with Al Capone with Jimmy Burke, with fucking Nicky Scarfo, all these fucking famous. I'm on the same fucking notable fucking inmates in fucking Atlanta. (laughs) I go, well, I guess that's a fucking thing, but why can't I be on like notable? Like I'm with Bill Gates and Elon Musk and, you know, Gerkowitz and fucking Jack, Jack Walls. Nah, I'm not on that website, but I'm on the (laughs) other one. But JD, obviously you've taught me something with TikTok and I'll give our, uh, listeners either a tip or something 
or what to do on a social media site like TikTok and a little advice for closing on what you want to say. So honestly, like I prefer YouTube to TikTok a hundred times over. The, the thing about YouTube is it has outdated software and they're, they're not allowing you to do all of the things that you can do on TikTok. There are so many times that I get really awesome questions or comments that I want to reply to with a video and YouTube just doesn't have the option to do that like TikTok does. So TikTok really has, you know, they're... they're you think they're more advanced. That's a good thing. It should be, I'm going to tell the guy in YouTube that. If, if YouTube could catch up on some of that shit, bro, they would slaughter TikTok. And YouTube's so big, it's all um, over the world. You know, the, the algorithm, though, for TikTok, because they use AI algorithms for all their violations and everything, and, and they miss the mark with that a lot. Yeah, they got if, me. <laughs> if somebody wants to get in and start blowing up on TikTok, here's the thing. It's about authenticity, and it's about consistency. You have to comment. You, you, I'm learning. you have to come from the heart. People on, on TikTok are going to read if you're on some bullshit, man. And you might build a following on some bullshit, but you're not going to keep a following on some bullshit. And you have to be consistent, man. It's about the frequency of posting and if you're interacting with your people on there. I stagnated at 415,000 followers for a long time because I was building my YouTube and I didn't have the time to put into it. And I would still post. It didn't matter how many times a day I posted on TikTok because I wasn't interacting. You have to interact with people. And the best way to interact is by answering their questions with videos. I got to do that. Then, yeah. then more people are going to comment because they're like, yo, I just saw this dude, JD, just answered his shit with a video. That would be dope, man. I'm going to think of a good question to ask him. You know what I'm saying? If, if YouTube caught up with that, it would get their numbers up so much. But I don't even know if they care. Their numbers are so big in YouTube, obviously. Uh, I mean, the biggest platform. I mean, they're trying, they're, they've openly said they're trying to compete with TikTok and TikTok's trying to compete with YouTube. That's yeah. why TikTok just opened up, you know, just recently that you can post 10 minute videos and nobody, everybody's like 10 minute video, no video over a minute's ever going to get any traction on, on TikTok, bro. I, I uploaded an eight minute video, a skit, a prison skit with, with the chomo named Honaki and Officer Stevens and, and <laughs> I gotta look at Catfish that shit. the Convict and, and Big Country, the mm -hmm. uh, bro, it, it instantly broke over 100K views, like instantly. And it's eight minutes long. I was like, holy crap. So can you look at your watch time on it? Um, yeah, you can look at everything. In yeah, because I'm a big analytic guy and, and I know analytics very well with YouTube and I, I mean, I, I, I could tell you, you know, you know, obviously not only CPMs, all that kind of crap. And the, I look at when the video hits and highs and lows and, and, and stuff of that nature. But look, man, for me, YouTube is where your, your subs are very loyal. They're very loyal. They know your story. They're invested. They want to hear what you think. And for me to build a community there has been so, so cool because, like, I know the people that sub yeah, to me, that I, I comment regularly, that come into my lives and we have discussions back and forth. And it's much more intimate to me on YouTube. TikTok is people who've seen like, you know. They keep scrolling. A couple scrolling. minutes of your clip and then they just go, you know, to the next one. And I, a lot of the people are across platform and I do have a lot of really loyal friends 
I don't call anybody fans. I, I, I'm just a dude, bro. Yeah, I'm I just agree. a greasy-ass tattooed Mick, bro. You know what I'm saying? I love it, man. So I can't, I don't have fans because I, I care about these people as much as they're interested in anything that I have to say. But I have a lot of people that are just genuine, legit. And you have the on, nuts, on TikTok too. too. Yeah, I have the nuts, bro. Absolutely. Like, bro. I have those. You, you get death threats? You heard what happened to me about being swatted. About being what? Swatted. What, they sent SWAT on you? <laughs> yeah, uh, this house right here. I was here one thirty in the morning building that bar. Yeah. Myself, building it one thirty. All of a sudden, I hear, Larry Lawton, Larry, what the fuck? I'm thinking the computer's on. Set up just like this. Not, I mean, you know, we've added, and it wasn't as elaborate right as now. I get up, think I think, I open the door, and Fucking lights come on, lasers fucking from guns come to my fucking, I got my phone. Don't move, don't move, we'll shoot, we'll shoot. We'll shoot. I fucking freak. I'm like, and I got a phone in my hand. I'm, I'm surprised it didn't shoot me. I fuck, walk out, don't close the door. I mean, what happened was, and I have it, I'll show you it, I'll send it to you. The tape, they called the police department, you know, the, 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 the line said, we have two people hostage in here. We want money or we're going to kill them. They ended up shutting that street down, shutting the, this whole street down. This is 1.30 in the morning. 15 cops, dogs. I got the reports. I got all the reports. I know the police chief here. I end up fucking. Now, they put me in handcuffs out here. Now, I'm not normal. Like my buddy said, man, my, I would have been shit been coming down my leg. I'm cursing them out now. What the fuck am I in cuffs? You know? And now... Fucking, I, I'm in cuffs. They go through this house. Fucking, they're in the report. It says, we saw elderly woman breathing, still breathing in bed. You know, my mother, she didn't even know what went on. Next morning, she goes, why did you leave? Why did you come in my room at night and leave the door open? The cats got in my room. She had no idea. Wow. But I ended up, uh, it's all in the report, right? And I fucking go, I'm screaming now. And a commander, third in charge of the whole place. This is a pretty big, you know, city, 125,000 people just in this city. Yeah. And they come run the fucking the commander comes in his unmarked car. Get him out of those cuffs. Get him out of those cuffs. You know, because I'm, what the fuck? He's like, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't blame anybody there because I found out what happened. My neighbor had it on ring, ding, all these fucking neighborhood. So, somebody called yeah. and said they were you. Yeah. And no, they, they said hostages? that, no, that wasn't me. They said there was a, a person. Now these cops didn't know who I was. They did. They said I was that there was hostage. They beat me. They hit me. I was bleeding, uh, and there was some other person on the floor. I got the fucking tape. They you said gotta, that you were a hostage, right? Me and my mom. Me and my mom. God damn, Nick, why'd you do him like that? Yeah, and, uh, you yeah, know what I find out? The next day, the police chief uh, called. You know, says I call. He goes, "Larry, I know." He goes, "Come on in anytime. I'll you know talk to you." I come in and he's a nice guy too. He just left and he says, "Lie." He goes, "It wasn't. I'm gonna give you, you know, show you, give you everything." He goes, "And uh, it, in fact, since it happened that late at night, and they would have came in this door, and I would have flew out of my bed because you know I don't sleep, and I would have fucking went nuts, and I probably got killed." It goes to the FBI, and the FBI does because it's a different level of crime. At certain times, you do something like that. And uh, now I'm on a list. I hate to call it celebrity list or whatever. It happens with, with known people or celebrities. You get put on a list. And on that list, now if they do that to me, the cops, because I call my lawyer. He said, oh, we'll own the police department then. Meaning 
they're not going to do that. They're going to realize who you are. Your your address is, is highlighted and all that kind of shit. And if that happened again, you know, you, you're going to be okay. You know, meaning they're not, they're going to figure it out and they're going to come. They're going to come in a different way, everything else. But they, I get what he said. He goes, we don't know. At that point, these guys on, on shift don't know who you are. I mean, I know who you are, but they didn't know who you are. And they they went to an emergency situation and people being hostage situation and, and, and somebody getting beat now. They're going to kill the, you know. So they said out that, that I, I, they hit me, pistol whipped me. They had a Glock 9. They tell the guns they had. I, this whole fucking, it's a 10 minute call, JD. That's fucking 10 minutes ago. Asking the police department for money. Yeah. I mean, no, imagine. no. Yeah. Well, asking, yeah, imagine actually yeah. being real and then calling the cops yeah, yeah. for well, a reason. They don't know if the guys, like, what the you know fuck? what happened is they, they don't know if the people are crazy. <laughs> yeah. No, for yeah, sure. That, that's exactly You would what have happened. to be, be like, hey, coppers, so, give me some. Anyway, money. I get it. So, I mean, I get that. So, talk about having nuts. I got my fucking share of nuts, brother. But, Anyway, I want to thank you, JD, for coming. First, Nick, any questions for JD? I know you always do. Not right now. I think I got him. Well, he's going to ask him over want, low speed. Yeah, I want to hear more about the high speed and how that happened for sure. Uh, you, in, you know, that's he awesome. likes that shit, because see. high speeds in a in a bike are are fun. High speeds in a car, you have to have some fucking balls. Holy <laughs> shit, look, dude! Look, here's like, the what thing. were you in? Here's the thing with the high speeds, and like this happened like you know a, a long while ago. This was like early two thousands that I was doing this, but high speeds in a car, you are not going to just all out smoke them in the no, cars. You we have to stealing. be, you have to be, we were stealing out. Hondas. Yeah. We were stealing, you know, uh, Toyotas. We were stealing <laughs> yeah. Mazdas, shit like that. Uh, you know, I could steal, I could steal one of those Saturns from back in that, that era with a popsicle stick dog. You're not oh, going to beat them. Never with speed. No. You're going to beat them by becoming such a liability. Oh, for sure. To the community around you. That they have to pull back because cops become liable yeah. in high speed chases That's for your chase you behavior. To mm-hmm. at a certain point, they should know they have to pull back. And it was always, you know, go as fast as you can, hit one way streets the wrong way. You know what I'm saying? Get up on two wheels in the bike lane and two mm-hmm. wheels on the sidewalk. You know, just running red light after red light. And every single one of those is a gamble. Like, am I going to die? Yeah, in this? oh for sure. So like, you have to out crazy them. And then once you get them to fall back, you get out of the car. If you mm-hmm. stay in that car, eventually you're you're cooked, bro. Yeah. You're fucked. So you get. Did out you of the have car. an out plan like where to get out of it? Because like when we were kids, I was showing my neighborhood. I can get out here, and you can't find me. I'm three blocks away. So it just depend on, depended on what neighborhood we were in. Like I always knew I knew the whole town of Eugene really well. Usually my my go to is I just start hitting fences. I wasn't I wasn't two fifty five when I was doing meth. Is that rest, what you're now? Rest assured, yeah. Uh, and I could jump fences really fast, and and I was good at it. I was agile. <laughs> I was fast. I was lean. But what do you do if they come come up with a helicopter? So oh, you're done. Yeah, right? you're you're, you're pretty much cooked yeah. if they come with a helicopter. They don't even bring, on a bike. You're done, dude. They don't even bring, a bike. Yeah, you're done. I know a guy who outran a helicopter. I mean, hey, good for him. It you know? crazy. I want to interview him. It was nah, a trip yeah, to me definitely. to hear all the ghetto birds that would come out in Daytona. Because in Eugene, they don't bring helicopters out for that shit. Mm. They just don't do it. They will here. But like, oh, no, they absolutely will here. Like, <laughs> they want to bring it up. Oh, helicopter, chase, get the helicopter up. <laughs> I've, I've been in a couple of high-speed chases in the state of Florida. And, and the, the thing you have to do if you're in the state of Florida is you have to get out of that vehicle mm-hmm. as quickly as possible without them seeing you get out of that vehicle and which direction you're yeah. going into. And, you know, sometimes it's not even about getting away. Sometimes it's about getting the shit off you before they arrest you. 
You know what I'm saying? If you've got a gun and you've got four pounds of meth on you, you just want to get yourself away from that. You need to get that out of your possession. You Where they to, don't see you, you throw it. Yeah, you something. need to turn two corners faster than they can and chuck the shit out the window. And, you know, yeah. I, I'd much rather take an elude than right, armed right. trafficking. Okay. okay, yeah, that no, makes sense. That's a good question. Uh, anyway, JD, I, I got to thank you for coming. We had a lot of fun. Uh, you know that. You're going to Eugene. You're going to make me go there. Because uh, absolutely, I have to come out there. You know, we always enjoy each other when we have, when we get together. Convict it, to convict, man. yeah, it's straight up. That people understand what he just said. Convict to convict, not is that a porn tab editing. or what is that? Huh? Is that a porn tab? You see that? Yeah, I'm that? training him well, aren't yeah. I? Yeah. Aren't I? <laughs> it, it will be on his OnlyFans later <laughs> yeah. tonight yeah. with you. <laughs> but yes, uh, JD, thanks again, man. We have a great time. We always do. You know that. Thank I you, love it. Brother. Uh, thank you, wife, for coming. We're going to go for roast beef now. Everybody, please check out JD. JD is on all social. Check him out. Just go JD Delay. <coughs> Excuse me. On TikTok, YouTube, wherever. Just, just Google his name. You'll see it everywhere. Check him out. He's got really great content. And his heart's in the right place. He's where it's at. And that's what, I, you know, we connect. We can have fun, but his heart's in the right place. Have a great day, everybody. Please stay safe. Make good choices, and we'll see you next time. It's the greatest find yet. Nothing compares to it. But it's definitely something you should hear. This is The Real Deal with Larry Lawton.